Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, there is a form down in the description right now where you can go ahead and get your questions answered. And if you get them in there right now, it will get answered on the stream today. <laughs> so in today's stream, we're gonna do something a little bit different. I'm actually gonna go back and forth from the form because right now there's not a lot of questions in there. So we're gonna go back and forth from the form and the chat, um, but I am gonna wait until you know we get uh, you know a handful of uh, responses here in the form since I just cleared it uh, just a few minutes ago so that uh, we can you know have those that we can go to as well. So I'm gonna focus on the form, but I'm gonna hop into the chat as well, just kind of periodically as we go along. But for everybody that is hanging out here and for everybody that's gonna be watching this on the replay, more so for the people that are gonna be watching this on the replay, I do wanna let you know that we do add timestamps to these now. So what you can do is you can look at that bar going right across the bottom of the video or you can go down to the video description and you can see all the questions that were answered on the show today so that you can skip to the questions that matter the most to you. Um, in addition to that, if you are watching this on the replay, you can also listen to this inside of YouTube Music as well um, in a podcast format. So I want to let you know that as well, um, just in case, you know, you want to consume this in a different way that, you know, ends up working out better for you. Now, with all of that out of the way, I do want to let everybody know that this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your video for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you um, bulk update your descriptions if you need to. For example, I'm going to be switching out a bunch of uh, links for like Morning Fame, for example. I'm going to be removing those from my descriptions. So because of that, I'm going to be using TubeBuddy in order to go in and just copy and paste that, you know, the, the links um, for that so that it can just go through and just remove all those with just like a few seconds instead of me having to go through every single video description. So it has tons of tools like that. Plus it'll help you test your thumbnails and all kinds of other helpful things, but they have over 90 different tools that will help you with your YouTube channel. And you can try that for yourself at tubebuddy.com slash Nimmin, or you can just head over to tubebuddy.com. But if you add that Nimmin on there, it'll give me some credit for sending you over there. So I would super appreciate if you took that route. In addition to that, what's up people? This your boy Viper, the man about Viper man about tech in the house. What's up, my dude? Hope that you are doing incredible. Thank you for swinging by the stream today. But in addition to that, I do want to let you know that this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that I use StreamYard for my live streams is because it's really easy. It's reliable. Like I've never had any issues with StreamYard. In addition to that, they make it easy to add graphics to the screen, to bring guests onto your show. And for YouTubers specifically, they just rolled out a brand new feature to where if you are live streaming to YouTube and you get super chats, what it does is it automatically pins those super chats in the order that they came in to the very top of your chat. And then what you can do is as you're answering those super chats or as you address those super chats, you can just unstar them and then they will fall back into the regular, you know, chat or whatever. So it's a great way to keep track of the super chats that are coming into your live stream as well, which is a win for everybody. But you can try that at streamyard.com. Or of course, I have links to that down in the description as well as a bunch of other helpful things um, for you as a content creator as well. So make sure that even if those two things are not interesting to you or you already have them, um, make sure that you do check out the description for things because I do update that from time to time, adding and removing stuff and so on. So make sure that you check that out. With that out of the way, I hope everybody's doing fantastic. So D is not here today. So D and uh, Daniel are going to be doing, it's actually a really busy day today. Um, so D 
and Daniel are going to be doing a live stream um, right after this one's over. I know Daryl's doing a live stream today. Um, you got this live stream. So it's a great day to get out your pen and pad or, you know, your tube spanner notepad as an example, and um, just go ahead and, you know, get ready to learn a bunch of stuff about YouTube today with all these different streams that are going on. So super excited about that. Uh, Christina Smallhorn, thank you for the heads up on that. I've got it in the calendar, but thank you so much because I put it in the calendar yesterday. So thank you for that. As a reminder, everybody, uh, thank you for, uh, for to Christina Smallhorn. Um, if you are in the United States, just as a quick reminder, it is Mother's Day tomorrow. So because of that, if you are a mother, happy uh, you know Mother's Day to you. Or I guess if you are a single dad, then in that case, you know, happy Mother's Day to you as well. But um, you know, um, just wanted to let everybody know that, and thank you again, Christina, for bringing that to my attention today. But um, uh, what I was saying before is that um, D is not um, going to be streaming here with me today. So I'm just, you know, streaming from home and um, him and Daniel are doing their channel review stream um, here a little bit later. And then um, uh, Daryl Eves is actually doing a case study on, um, you know, an interview from a case study from one of the people that have went through his channel jumpstart course. Um, so you'll be able to check that out um, as well a little bit later also for some more advanced stuff for you content creators that, you know, have a little bit more experience trying to take things to the next level and so on. So with all of that out of the way, I hope everybody's doing great. I'm going to go ahead and just get into the content, start answering some questions since that's what we are here for um, and go ahead and get that party rolling. So if you are here, you know what we're getting ready to do. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button as well, just so uh, you know we can tell YouTube that you're enjoying this stream. But the very first question is from King CMC TV. Um, he says that he does daily content. It's a gaming channel. The goal is to monetize it. And the question is, I do live streams of Apex Legends for about three to eight hours a day. When I'm live streaming, I check my analytics. I see that I have 500 impressions on my live. And sometimes I might have a thousand impressions during the three hour stream. Should I change tags during the live stream to get better impressions or wait until after the stream to change tags? Don't worry about tags too much. So when it comes to uh, YouTube tags, um, they're not working the way that you think they're working. Um, so if you are trying to get more impressions on your live stream, then, you know, similar to me, people need, cause you have a you know three hour stream as well. People need to be enjoying and engaging with that live stream. And if that's happening, then you'll end up getting more impressions without having to try to like trick the system um, to, you know, try to, you know, find other ways in order to do it. So because of that, just focus on your stream, focus on, you know, the um, engagement that you have with your stream, interacting with your audience and all of that. Um, and then you should be, you know, good to go from there without having to try to, you know, game anything, uh, so to speak. Next question that we have, Shark Scrapper, what's up, man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Monique, nice to see you here in the stream. Says, of course, the one day I'm actually going out, there's live streams of plenty. Tomorrow will be a replay day. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's how it works, right? It's like, oh yeah, I'm ready to like sit down and like learn a bunch of stuff. And it's like, oh, hey, guess what? Yeah, got stuff to do. So, uh, so yeah, that's how it works though. But fortunately, all this stuff, you know, stays on the internet forever. So you can, uh, you know, come back and, you know, check it out at your, uh, at your leisure. <laughs> but uh, the next question here is from Bearded Iron. Bearded Iron does fitness content. The goal of the channel is to helping dads lose the dad bod. I could probably use your help. I, I'm, I'm not a dad, but definitely got the uh, dad bod uh, rolling here. But says, um, hey, Nick, um, amazing as always. My second ever video went viral and I became monetized within two months. Really quick, um, I just want to take a moment to highlight all the content creators here that think you need to upload a bunch of videos in order to, you know, have your videos do well. For all of you here that think that you need to, you know, be uploading to YouTube for months or years before YouTube knows who the right people is to show your content to and all of that. 
that. This is a great example right here of their second ever video uploaded to YouTube went viral um, on their YouTube channel. Second video ever. So, you know, just as a quick reminder to everybody, all of those roadblocks that people are going to try to put in your way when you're on Reddit and you're in Facebook groups. And in some cases, even when you're watching YouTube help videos, people are going to tell you that you need to upload all this content, you do all the, you know, all this stuff and just flood YouTube with content and so on. But, you know, in this particular, in order for, you know, things to even start working out for you. Um, but, you know, this is another one more clear example where they uploaded their second ever video and it did well. And just as a reminder, the reason that it did well is because, you know, it was a good video and people responded to it well. And when that happens, the system detects it and then the system will continue showing it to people until that response kind of tires out, so to speak. So nice work on your end for, you know, that second video taken off. But the question is, my weight loss transformation video build um, built my channel and gave me subscribers, but these subs don't really watch any of my other content. So it's more of like an inspirational thing then um, to where they see your transformation and they wanna be a part of that. Now when I upload, I get lots of impressions, but very low CTR from my subs. Does this suggest to YouTube that my video isn't great? Um, the fact that my subscribers aren't reacting positively to my video, um, it, it tells YouTube that the initial group of people that they're showing it to, which are typically the people that are most engaged in your channel or the people that the system is detecting are the most likely to enjoy your content, it's telling the system that those people aren't, aren't clicking on it. Doesn't mean that they're not enjoying the video, it's just saying that they're not clicking on it. But says, I kind of wish I could get rid of subscribers who only subscribe for that one video as it's skewing the rest of my analytics. Well, I mean, other things that you could do as well, you know, when people, you know, are watching those, uh, you know, transformation videos is, you know, one of the things about that is, you know, they want to see, you know, the amazing results that, you know, have come from that. So when you have those transformation videos and people are interacting with that, that's a great way to do some type of follow-up. You know, my transformation after X amount of time, uh, my transformation after, you know, three months, after six months, after, um, you know, after a year, like how good am I at sustaining this? And then by doing that, you know, since you already have those, um, people that are interacting with your with your channel, if you wanted to, you could put out kind of update videos on how you're doing with your progress. And those videos might be interested interesting to that particular crowd of people that subscribe to your YouTube channel. And then you could actually use that to get them encouraged, right? Start a little movement around what it is that you're doing and, and use that content to start some type of, you know, group thing where you're like, hey, you know, um, if you're somebody that's wanting to go on this journey, I have a bunch of content like this on my channel, you know, sign up to my newsletter, you know, we need some accountability here so we can help you on this journey sign up for my newsletter i'm going to send you you know an update every time i upload a video to my channel that's like health-based so that you can you know watch that and you can kind of have your own transformation journey you know those types of things and try to you know kind of get them into what it is that you're doing that way or you know not you could also just say okay well the people that responded well to that if they're not responding well to this other stuff, that's fine. I'm just going to grow the audience, you know, by itself on you know these other things while i still have people coming in from that so just a heads up so I worked with a uh, vlog channel at one time. Um, I, I mentioned this one quite a bit because it's it's a similar scenario that a lot of content creators run into in, in cases like yours. So in that particular channel, it was a it was a pregnancy. So basically, it was showing the the, the transformation, you know, from um, just starting to show all the way up until baby time, and then they had like the baby delivery in another video, and then like a, a few other videos based around that. And that particular series of videos ended up growing the channel substantially, and we were able to actually optimize how people were getting through that content because it was all high performing anyway, but we were able to optimize it um, into a playlist and start interlinking everything together, which caused that entire playlist to just blow up. I mean, just completely blew up. Um, but on the downside of that, that whole thing, because it went in front of so many people before I even got involved and after we did that, um, what ended up happening is that particular uh, content 
brought in tons of people, but they cared about that process. They didn't care about, you know, all of the additional things that were happening on the YouTube channel um, as it relates to like the family vlog. So, you know, because of that, you know, you can run into issues like that. So you have to decide, one, do I keep that stuff on the channel, which in your case, if it's putting you on the map, then I would. Um, and then two, you have to also decide like, okay, is there anything that I can do that will, you know, bring some of these people back into the channel? And I think in your case, the update would be the, uh, would be the thing that might, you know, have some of those people engage if you even want them to engage at all, because the more that you keep bringing them back, the more that YouTube is going to keep showing more of your content to them. So, um, so because of that, you know, just kind of keep those things in mind. Uh, so here, next up on our list, uh, we've got, uh, uh, let's see here, Charlie Morris TV. What's going on? Hope that you are doing, uh, fantastic. Um, really quick, Charlie says, if you have a video go viral and you do lifestyle content, do you trash all the other videos and just do, do the viral content? So it's not, it's not necessarily that like, you know, like, like everything on YouTube isn't just based on like, okay, how can I get as many views as possible? In some cases it is, you know, if that's what the creator is trying to do. But in other cases, you know, if you have very clear goals that you're after in your YouTube channel, in some cases you can accomplish that without having to sacrifice, you know, certain things on your channel and all that to where it's like, hey, this content that I have over here, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, here for this purpose and that purpose is being served. So because of that, I'm gonna leave that content there. Um, and then for, you know, the other goal, that I have in the channel that I'm going to use the other content for, you know, different purposes. So it really comes down to, you know, you as the content creator and what it is that you're trying to do um, so that you can, you know, make sure that the priority is, are the actions that I'm taking leading me in the direction of the goals that I'm trying to accomplish with the channel? Yes or no. And if it's yes, then cool, keep going with what you're doing. Um, if it's no, then figure out why and get things back on track. Um, and then another question that you got to ask yourself is, okay, well, if, um, you know, this content's helping me, you know, on that path, is there anything that I'm doing that's kind of working as a parachute behind the drag racing car that's kind of slowing me down here as I'm, as I'm cruising through this, right? And then that's the stuff that you might start cutting, you know, um, as your channel, you know, starts performing better. Um, let's see here. So next question uh, that we have here is from uh, a Nightbot, uh, a fake Nightbot. Um, that's not the official Nightbot. Um, but the type of channel says none. Um, the goal is I want to upload. The question is, can you add someone as a mod manager with just the person's handle? No. Um, somebody has to, uh, well, I mean, yeah, technically, but what you have to do is you have to, um, go into your permission settings inside of your YouTube channel. And then as long as they have a YouTube channel, then you can just paste the link to their channel. Just copy and paste the whole link and drop it in there. Um, and then it'll come up. Next up on the list. My pleasure, Charlie. Next up, we got Poop Scoop for Noobs. Um, they have life as a pooper scooper. The goal of the channel is to share my experience and help others in the industry. And the question is, how would uh, you spice up the following title? I spent $5,000 uh, on a trade show. Was it worth it? Um, so in that particular case, mm, I would definitely get the idea of your case because you're trying to get in front of pooper scoopers. So I would definitely say something about that somewhere in the title because what you're currently doing doesn't add any clarity to the title. So, you know, like being sensational is one thing, but adding clarity is a whole other thing. So the sensational side of things works great for content creators that already have audiences. So if it's like, you know, I can't believe this happened, or, you know, I spent $5,000 on a trade show, um, those types of things, if you already have an audience that would care, then, you know, some of those people will click on it because they're curious about, you know, what happened. But like when you're trying to grow the 
channel and you're trying to get that like foothold, um, that's where you wanna try to be informational as well as compelling. So in that particular case for you specifically, since you're trying to get in front of people interested in um, the scooping business, then in that case, I would make sure that you do put that language in there of some kind to make sure that you have the right people clicking on your, uh, right people clicking on your video. Now, if you are trying to get in front of people that are just in interested in like small business ideas, um, then in that particular case, then saying like uh, 5,000 on a small business trade show or a small business conference or, you know, something like that um, would be something to do just for the sake of adding that additional layer of clarity. Smack attack, a snack attack. Thank you. Glad that you are enjoying the uh, content there. Skava, good morning. Hope you're doing great. Um, next up, we have the Earn, Invest, Repeat show. They do trading and investing content. The goal of the channel is helping people navigate the world of trading and investing. You're doing a good service there, by the way. Um, the question is, hey, Nick, I renamed and rebranded my channel. Um, you helped me on a Q&A or so a month ago and really happy and glad I did it. Um, and I just took the jump. Um, I really don't know what I'm doing wrong still as I can't get my long form video view count up as high as it used to be, just can't get it. Um, am I not noticed enough or am I uploading too many shorts? Any help or advice or overview on my channel at this point would be amazing. Thanks for all you do. So what I don't do is I don't, um, I don't look at YouTube channels during this stream unless I just need it for context, but I don't like pull them up on screen or anything. Um, so I can't help you with that. But next time we do a, a review stream on the tube spanner channel, um, if your name gets pulled from the hashtags, then, um, then, you know, then I can help you over there. Um, but when it comes to, videos not performing well just the, the the general rule is like when your videos don't perform well is either one um people just aren't clicking them at a high at a high rate competitive rate two um as people are coming into the content itself they're just not enjoying the content at a competitive rate and then three what do the people do while they're enjoying the content and after like you know what does the whole experience look like on your channel and the the reason that that matters is because if you can't even get people to click then your videos aren't going to continue getting shown to people because there's no reason for youtube to show them to people if people aren't clicking on them right and then if people do click on them but let's say you are taking the sensational route um, or that you're not being clear like the poop scoop channel that we were just talking about then in that particular case what can happen there is you build up this like you know interesting expectation from the outside trying to you know get people to click so much and then once they hit the video content there's not a good match there and because of that people end up abandoning the video quickly so the thing that you want to think about when it comes to you know your youtube channel and your click-through rate and all that is ultimately what youtube is trying to do is trying to get as much watch time per impression as possible on everything so because of that like you want to make sure that you are paying attention to how much people are clicking but also how much people are watching how much watch time you're getting um, from the amount that people are clicking on your videos as well because you need that to be able to explain to YouTube system through data that people are enjoying your content and that they are um, having a good experience and their expectations when they're clicking on the video are being met. So um, so because of that, you definitely want to make sure that you are, um, you know, just digging into your analytics and you're looking for those problems. Now, keep in mind, your analytics are just a reflection of how people are responding to your content. So you need to dig in there and you'll learn things over time. So for example, you'll learn, hey, uh, you know, it looks Looks like I'm not getting much uh, browse traffic. People aren't clicking from there, but they're clicking in search. Well, the reason that usually happens is because people are looking for the videos in YouTube search versus the videos being presented to people when they are logging into YouTube on like home pages and suggested videos. So, you know, so the game is different when it comes to YouTube's recommendation system than it is when it comes to YouTube search as an example. So because of that, like when you are using those analytics, it just kind of helps when you, those analytics, when you're using your analytics, it just helps you, you know, better understand or not really better understand. It helps you look for problems and be able to 
to identify that, you know, very specific things need to be addressed. That's why you need to dig in there because, you know, like I could look at your channel from the outside and I could say, you know what, you could probably do, you know, this better. You could probably do this better. Or this isn't clear, or this, that, and the other thing. But at the end of the day, like if you can't dig in and look at your own analytics and, you know, make your own, uh, you know, uh, theories coming out of your own analytics, then in that particular case, you're not really going to be able to, uh, you know, move forward past people telling you like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. So the best thing you can do is like, you know, roll up your sleeves, dig in there and learn how to use your analytics. Tons of videos, tons of resources all over the internet um, for YouTube analytics. And that will get you way further um, because then you'll know how to interpret what it is that you're seeing and you'll be able to make, um, you know, decisions based on that. Hey, Renee, welcome to the stream, man. Says, um, uh, nailed it, optimize your thumbnails for watch time, not click through, how everyone should think about A-B testing as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, let's see here, living in Omaha, uh, David Matney. What's going on, David? Hope you're doing great, man. Thank you for the- Super chat. Says, um, is it better? Hold on, let's see here. I wonder why this one isn't showing up over here. Okay, it's showing up there. Some destinations won't get comments. Oh, it puts them over here. Got it. Okay, great. Found it. And then I can just pin them here. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. So for those of you really quick, I just want to show you this. For those of you that are StreamYard uh, channels, so they just added, um, let me share the screen. You're going to see my whole screen here. So I hope I'm not showing anything that I shouldn't. Um, entire screen. We'll just go here. So this is the thing that StreamYard just added. So this is my first time actually seeing this uh, in action. So here you have like the live chat. And then for those of you that use StreamYard, they auto star, oops, this would help. <laughs> but they, they auto star your super chats right over here in this column here. So basically what I can do, and hey, iPhone, uh, Chris, super thank you for the chat. super chat as well. So basically you can look at these in like a queue and then I'm just gonna hit the star, boom, and then that one's gone. So then as they come in, you can just like address them and you can still like pin them to the screen and stuff. Super cool, um, absolutely love that feature. Uh, but anyway, so uh, David says, is it better uh, to have videos on the homepage with better watch time, number of views, or how do you structure your homepage? Um, when it comes, if you, if by homepage, if you mean your actual, you know, YouTube channel homepage. So if I went to, you know, living in a home on David Matney, like what I would see there, um, I recommend that you put your newest videos up at the very top in that playlist. Um, depending on the content you're publishing, you might want to do a custom playlist there. Um, if you're putting out a bunch of mixed content, you only want to show some of it, then use a custom playlist there of your recent videos but if not just putting your most recent videos up there at the top um, is a good move and the reason for that it, it, like if you if you go to your channel on a mobile device this part will become crystal clear so if somebody watches one of your videos and then they click on your channel name they land on your channel page especially on a mobile when they're sitting there scrolling that those first videos that are going to be presented to them when you put your videos up at the top um, those are one your newest content which shows that you're still uploading on a regular basis which is great for people you know knowing that if they subscribe to your channel that they're going to get content in the future. Um, in addition to that, it's also uh, really good for if people, as they're scrolling through that initial playlist of videos, if they click into that newer content, each new person that you can get into that new content is more data for YouTube on who is and who is not a good fit for that video and how people are responding to that video and so on, which then, you know, is kind of feeding 
you know, that new content as well for the people that go and explore, explore your channel page and every single view, you know, matters. So, you know, because of that, it just prioritizes getting people into that new content to ensure that you're getting YouTube the information they need in terms of, you know, the, the users um, of the platform and how they're interacting with your content specifically. And then from there, that's where you start thinking goal-based. So for example, like in your case, because you're trying to drive, you know, leads and sales from your YouTube channel, what you should be doing is you should be actually tracking all of the links in all of the different video descriptions that you have. And you should start looking for the videos that convert leads the best for you um, in terms of sales. And of course, you know, setting up, you know, you can do this like UTM tracking um, if you wanted to. But basically the idea is when you start figuring out these videos convert better, then of course, you know, highlighting those next. So if they happen to get through that initial list of videos, then the next stuff they're going to see is the content that, you know, drives people into, you know, whatever, you know, funnel you have put together. And then, you know, you prioritize the stuff that converts well for you there. And then underneath that one, then you have another one that would be, you know, high watch time videos in terms of people that are coming into the channel, um, you know, looking for a very specific thing. Um, then if they are like, in your case, since you're doing real estate, if they are like, hey, I'm looking for, you know, um, content on like buying a new home, then in that case, you know, featuring, you know, that content there that is proven to perform well on your channel, but about that topic is definitely a good move. So for example, one thing that is also really helpful um, in terms of knowing what to put there is, of course, you know, you have your goal based stuff that you do. But then what you put, you know, following that is just go to your YouTube channel, go to your analytics page. And when you scroll down the page um, on that first page that loads where they show you like the quick view of everything, when you scroll down that page, it's going to show you a list of your videos that are bringing in all the viewership right now over whatever date range you select. So what you want to do is you want to look at those videos. And then if people are, you know, coming in for like these very specific topics, then you want to make sure that it's really easy for them to find that content in your channel page too for the people that go to your channel page and explore it. Um, so then in that case, it would be like your new videos and then your goal-based videos. And then right underneath that would be like, okay, if people are coming here, they're looking for new home stuff because that's the content that's bringing people in right now, then I need to make sure that I have that prioritized on my channel page so that they can go into that content there. Um, so that's the way that you want to think about it um, when it comes to uh, setting up your uh, channel page. And you're a member, so any questions about that, you know, definitely feel free to drop it in the uh, Facebook group. And uh, Goober Ninja, super thank you for the super chat um, as well. Says Nick actually inspired me to start my, start my channel. That's awesome. Love uh, love seeing that. So uh, so thank you for that message. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going here, I'm going to jump back into the uh, form here, and then I'm going to um, hop into the chat for a few questions as well. We're kind of we're going to kind of bounce back and forth today. Um, so the next one that we have here, the next question is from Travel Discovery. How many travel channels do we have here? Do we have a lot of travel channels? Out of curiosity, if you're a travel channel, just uh, just say me. Curious if we got a lot of travel channels in here. But um, let's see here. So they do, they upload when they have time. The type of uh, channel is travel education about countries. The goal of the channel is vacations and relocation ideas. And the question is, what percentage of viewers is good for watching one video if I have about 3,000 subs? Okay, so with that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't concern yourself too much with that. Like what you wanna do is you do want to look and make sure that you do have regular viewers continuing to, you know, to uh, you know, interact with your content, but you also wanna make sure that your content's going in front of new viewers as well. So instead of thinking like, okay, I've got 3,000 subscribers, so that means that I should have X amount of people watching my videos, um, doesn't, you know, that, that's not a thing. So, you know, what you should have is you should have more than 3,000 people, you know, watching your videos, um, you know, and you 
do that by, you know, learning how to make, you know, good videos and whatnot. But, um, but you should, you know, get it to where you have more people watching your videos than you do have, you know, subscribers when you're at that, you know, that particular point. Um, so just work on that side of things and just work on, you know, just trying as good as you can to learn and understand your audience in the best way you possibly can. And then of course, learning how to get them to click, learning how to get them to enjoy your videos, how to get them to watch more content. It's not a trick. You're not tricking anybody to watch more videos. You're just making it easy for them to find more content and you're recommending that content so that they know about it and they're aware, you know, it's those, it's those types of things that you want to do. Brad, Magic Flying Potato, hope you're doing awesome, man. Says 40 away from 5,000. Thanks, Nick, for all of your help and tips on growing YouTube channel. High five and fist bump to you, Brad. Love seeing you cross that milestone. Absolutely love it, love it, love it. Looking forward to hanging out with you again at uh, Summit this year, man. So uh, let's see here. Next up on the list here, we've got uh, Geology Dude. Geology Dude. Um, they have a geology education and rock identification channel. The goal of the channel is influence and some income, some money, some monies. <laughs> the question is, besides translations, um, what ways are best for growing an international audience? 80% um, of my audience are non-English speaking countries. Most of my shorts have no narration or text, but the video description area includes translation translations into 60 languages. So um, yeah, so translations in the video descriptions, in your titles and audio translations, if you wanted to level that up as well, um, those would be the ways that you're doing that in terms of an international audience. Um, of course you could, if you wanted to, um, but this might kind of complicate things as you could, you know, technically you'd try to collaborate with, you know, people in places that you're trying to reach and stuff like that. But since you are basically just trying to optimize everything for all of the, you know, different people that could be interacting with your content, then the next step, since you're already translating everything would be to add the audio translations uh, as well. Shark Scrapper, what's going on, dude? Says, I'm looking forward to seeing you again at Vid Summit, uh, Magic Flying Potato. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Really looking forward to uh, Vid Summit this year. So uh, next up on the uh, list, we have uh, Sweet Dreams Travel. Sweet Dreams Travel says that they do travel content. The goal of the channel is to provide inspiration and tips. The question is, what's the best way to find channels in your niche and collaborate with to gain views? So when it comes to collaborations, I mean, of course, yes, you want to gain views and yes, you want to gain subscribers. Um, but a couple of things that you want to make sure that you're thinking about when it comes to collaborations. The first is if you're going to collaborate with another content creator, um, collaborate, of course, for the growth, but also collaborate for like getting to know that person a little bit better as well um, because it's cool you know doing collaborations but when you just do that one hit collaboration and then you don't, don't talk anymore then it's kind of like eh, you know it, it just kind of takes the the oomph so to speak out of the collaborations at least from my point of view um, but you you know of course you do want to strategically collaborate as well that makes sense but what you want to do is um, if you go to the about me page of every YouTube channel as long as the content creator has this set up properly and just as a quick tip for those of you that are new maybe Make sure that you fully fill out everything about your YouTube channel, because if somebody wants to collaborate with you, this is how they're going to find you. Um, but you want to go to their about me page on their about me page. Um, you are going to see an option for business inquiries. When you click on that particular option, what you are going to see is it's going to give you a little box confirming you're not a robot. And then from there, um, once you click that, then you're going to get access to their email and then you can just send them an email. So you can do that with any creator on YouTube. Now, some people answer those, some people don't. Like I check mine like a few times a week. Um, but when, when it comes to those um, emails, you don't want to just send an email and say, hey, you want to collab, right? Um, instead, come up with an idea, come up with, you know, something and be like, hey, you know, I have this idea that I'm working on for this video and, and you know, and this, that, and the other thing. And I think you'd be a great fit for the other side of this. You know, would you be interested in collaboration? Um, and then 
put a clear next step. You know, if so, you know, just hit reply, you know, let me know your thoughts and blah, blah, blah. And let me know your availability, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then send the email. Doesn't have to be complicated. Um, but when it comes to, um, you know, reaching out to people, there's other things you wanna keep in mind too. Those people are gonna be looking to see what it is that you have um, on your channel. So one of the things that you want to make sure of is like, okay, if you're doing a collaboration and, you know, somebody's looking at your channel as well, you don't always want to just be like, you know, like, hey, like I'm just trying to use this to grow my channel and, you know, just doing that whole thing. Like you also want to be able to reciprocate. <laughs> so when people are interacting with your channel, you also want to be able to send, you know, viewers over to them and help spread awareness about them as well. So just make sure that, you know, everything's, you know, um, uh, okay um, with your channel so that you can, you know, also uh, reciprocate in some way there. Um, let's see here. Dark Bites. Thank you for the super chat. Says I've listed uh super chat. I've listed playlists as podcasts, but analytics doesn't show me anything different. What am I missing? How do I benefit from listing as a podcast? So if you dig into the podcast itself, if you go in there, um, you can actually see different analytics to where it isolates the podcast as its own. Um, and then you get individual analytics just for your uh just for the podcast. So you can do that. You just have to um go into the podcast itself and then go into the um analytics from there. Um, let's see here. Next up, we've got Connection in the World says, how to find a suitable niche? This is a really good question. Um, oops, wrong one. There we go. So this is a really good question. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and answer this one, even though it wasn't in the forum. So when it comes to finding a suitable niche, um, this is a really, um, this is a really important thing for content creators like one thing that i'm always you know trying to uh, be an advocate of is sustainability when it comes to youtube because you know for some people it just takes you a while to get going um other people get going and they go you know pretty aggressive at it and you know because of that they'll run into burnout you know things like that other people will pick niches um just so that they can you know get a lot of views but it's not something that they're really into so because of that they'll just get bored and not want to do it anymore and it'll become more of a headache than anything um other people will do it for you know, other reasons to where it's more of like temporary things, um, which is okay, you know, if it gets you through that temporary thing, but um, but what you wanna make sure you're thinking about is long-term, right? So when it comes to your YouTube channel, you are, you know, trying to think of, you know, a sustainable niche for your YouTube channel. You wanna make sure that you're thinking about like the things that you're already into, the things that maybe your friend groups know you for, like, you know, what are you the person that always answers the questions about X for the group that you hang out with? Um, are there certain things to where, you know, if you're you're on the internet and you're on YouTube or on, you know, on any other, you know, platform online to where you see like something about a particular subject and you always click into it because it's always, you know, of interest to you in some way. Those are the types of things that you want to make content about because those are things that you like truly care about that you're truly passionate about. And those are the things to where once you get known for them, you'll be cool with that. Because, you know, when, when you first start, what happens is, you know, you come on, you make content about, you know, things that you enjoy and all of that. But for the people that come on and they make content about things they don't really enjoy, but they're just doing the thing, what can happen is down the road, like they're gonna get known for that. They're gonna be doing collaborations with people about that. They're gonna have people reaching out to them from companies about that. They're gonna have fans reaching out about that, talking to them about it. If they happen to go interact in any YouTube, you know, events or anything like that, then they're gonna be talking about that. Like it, it becomes the thing that you, you know, are known for and that you talk about all the time. So because of that, it's really important to make sure that at the very top of the list, right? It's like, okay, this, this niche makes money. This list typically gets a lot of views. This list, 
you know, typically people subscribe at a higher rate. Um, this thing, you know, creates some type of impact in some way. Like the the very top of the list is, am I interested enough in this to where it could be, you know, like a part of, you know, like how people view me for like the next handful of years? And if the answer is yes, then in that case, you know, then it, then it might be something uh, good to go with. Um, another thing that um, that I recommend when it comes to figuring out the niche is in your brain, um, you know, we all have these ideas that like, oh, I could make a million videos on that. Um, and it's, it's in there and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I'm passionate enough about that. I could make, you know, a, a thousand different videos about it. So before you commit to a niche and before you commit to starting a channel on that niche or even pivoting into that niche, sit down and try to write out a hundred video ideas about that thing. Like, okay, um, here's 100 video ideas um, about this particular niche. And if you can get through that, then there's a good chance you'll be able to sustain it for a while. So, um, so just make sure that you are doing something that you legitimately care about and make sure that you are, um, you know, just kind of vetting the ideas that you have so that you can make sure that you're gonna have enough content to be able to, you know, sustain the whole thing um, as well. And also when it comes to sustainable, you got to take care of yourself too. You know, like I, like, uh, um, I, I, I've had an interesting thing happen lately. So, um, uh, for the past, I don't know, it's been a while. Um, I've, I've had, uh, like really low energy and, you know, things like that. And, um, I ended up, um, you know, just kind of just being just like really like low. And I just went in, um, to the doctor, I got a bunch of blood tests and stuff and they did uh, like a vitamin check. Um, and you know, it was like nutrition, you know, all that stuff. And I found out that I'm like dangerously low in like vitamin D and a handful of other things. And um, since I've been fixing that, it's making me like feel better and like all that stuff. So like when it comes to your content, the reason I'm saying that is when it comes to your uh, content, you also, you know, are gonna need like the energy for it and all that stuff. So you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself along the journey as well. Um, because you know, situations like that where you're like, man, I just don't have the energy energy, you have to check, is it the content or is it because, you know, something's wrong with me, so to speak. So you just got to make sure that you are, you know, keeping an eye and being mindful all of the time about how your mind works and about, you know, uh, about how you feel about everything so that you can make sure that, you know, that you're taking care of yourself because that's a whole other side of sustainability because, you know, like, you know, getting a lot of views and getting a lot of subscribers and getting known for something and getting like internet, you know, light famous or whatever, like, you know, all that stuff is awesome, but, you know, you have to also make sure that you're taking care of your brain and just as humans you know especially if you're like aggressive enough to like go full-time on youtube and that kind of thing then you know you probably are, are the kind of person that you know might you know go a little bit uh you know um uh, deep into something and because of that you know it's real easy to you know forget to take care of yourself so just make sure as part of your sustainability you know exercises that you that you do think is the upload cadence that I'm going to be uploading at and the way that I'm going to be putting out the content and the content type that I'm choosing to put out and the format of the content I'm choosing to put out is all of that also going to align to ensure that I also have the energy to be able to do all of this stuff. And I also have free time in my life to where I can hang out with like friends and family and like all that good stuff, but just make sure that you are, you know, um, doing all of that stuff too, because, you know, all of those things add up to sustainability. So next up, we have Event Yours of Spirits. Um, they do informational and review content. The goal of the channel is share testing and learning information on wine spirits from across the globe. Question, I've done a few live streams, but with my subscribers being so low, does it make sense? The purpose of live streaming is to get live engagement. Should I wait until I have a certain number of subscribers? So if the goal of your live streams is to get engagement, then yes. Um, then in that case, you know, you do need people to show up. So because of that, you need to, you know, wait until you do have people interacting with your channel enough to where when you went live, you would have at least some people coming in and hang out with. However, if your goal 
with your live stream for now is to practice live streaming, to get better at live streaming, to better learn the tech of live streaming, to um, maybe learn how to make live streams a little bit shorter, right? You so see where you don't have to stream for a really long time, but make them a little bit shorter so that you can create content live as a means to, you know, practice the skill of live streaming while also creating content like uh, on the fly, essentially. Then in that particular case, live streaming is fine because then instead of your whole thing being around the live viewership, it would be based around bringing people in to the channel on the replay or that video on the replay and then, um, you know, serving them there. So that's where you got to think of the structure of your streams, how you're putting everything together and all that if you're going to do it that way. Um, but live streaming isn't always just for the sake of that live engagement. Some cases it is, um, but other cases it's just for the sake of like, hey, let me, you know, get some content out here and, and live streams is a great way to uh, do that. Elizabeth Dow says, love your lighting setup. Do you have the link um, of the video? I have actually never done a studio tour in this place. I've been in here over two years now um, and I, I've, I have not done a studio tour here yet. Uh, but what I can tell you is um, here, let me turn the switcher off. So let me find the wide shot here. Nope, there it is. So right here, you can see this grid up here. So this is a Godex um, S. W60, I think is the light itself. Um, that part's small, but then I got this big dome for it and the dome has a grid to help me control the light so I can keep the background dark. This one over here is the same exact light. It's the, um, it's, it's SW or SLW from Godex, um, but it's got a 60 um, is the number. Um, and then this one has like a beauty dish type thing on it. And it kind of softens the light coming in from this side. So this is my key light. This is my fill light. That's the language for it. And then I have two backlights um, and that is for this shot right here. Nope, nope. <laughs> that's for uh, this shot right here. So since it's dark back here, um, I have those lights that are coming from back there that are hitting me here. And then that creates like a little bit of a line here. And that also separates my clothes from what it is that you see in the background. Um, but I have one right there and then I have one back there that's also shooting this way. And then the blue light, let me move out of the way so you can see it. That blue light right there is another Godex light. It's like a pan light here. I can actually show you exactly what that looks like. So I have one hanging here. I use it for the green screen, but it doesn't work out that great. Um, but that is one of these lights. And um, with this, um, it's just got, you know, RGB so I can do the color. And it's literally just sitting back there like this, shooting up onto, uh, shooting up onto that wall. So that's what, uh, that's what that is. Um, let's see here. Now I'm trying to get this thing back on here. Like while I'm, uh, while I'm talking, see if we can kind of do this at the same time or if it's going to drop on the floor. But, um, but anyway, like the light setup, it, it, like it, it, it looks nice. It, like it, I'm, I'm super happy with, um, with how it looks. Um, uh, but it's, it's not a very complicated setup in, 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 at all. So if you look into just like three point lighting, um, is, is what you would actually Google for, um, look into three point lighting and like that by itself will teach, will, will show you what you need to know. Um, this is more cause I have, it, it takes five lights to do this. We've got the colored one and then, you know, these two and those two. Um, but technically if I wanted to, cause I have a truss that's going across here. So technically I could have something coming out of the top there and then just one light kind of coming back from the back and kind of hitting me, you know, back here for that separation. But that separation is really important, especially if you, let's say that you have um, uh, dark hair, right? So like in your case, I see that you have, you know, like, like darker hair, like a brownish color hair with me cause I don't have any hair. So it makes it easy, you know, to light my hair and to separate that from the background. But if you have dark hair, um, the, uh, the separation 
separation from those dark backgrounds is really important. So you do want to make sure that you have some type of hair light in order to separate you from the uh, from the background. It just makes it look a little bit better. And then, of course, the camera itself um, also makes a difference uh, also. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Aperture Movement says, um, how many subscribers do you need to live stream? Just a curious question. So if you're doing it from a computer, I think you need 50 because um, they change that stuff from time to time. So I think as of right now, I think you need 50 um, to do it from a computer. Um, I think you might need a thousand to do it from a mobile device um, um, as long as that is still there. I'm pretty sure it's a thousand if you do it directly through the YouTube app. Actually, you know what? I'm thinking they lowered that to like a hundred recently. Yeah, I do the news. So, since, since I do the news for all these different updates, like it, it jumbles me sometimes. Um, so oh, it's 50 from mobile. Thanks, Doug. So um, so then 50 from mobile, um, and then maybe it's 50 also from the computer, I believe. But basically, um, uh, with that, you can also use like third-party apps and things like that in order to uh, stream directly as well. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that clarity, Doug. And Chantel, Chantel's in there too. So zero from a computer and 50 from a mobile as long as you are verified. Yeah, so that mobile is what I was thinking with the uh, 50. Thanks for the uh, clarity, guys. So, uh, so here, so next up on our list here, really quick, uh, Brian, how we got here, Genealogy says, um, how do I find the best time for live streams and how often to stream besides trial and error and any other important, st any other important stats I should look at with lives? So in terms of the best time to stream, you wanna look and see when your audience is online. So as it gets darker, when you're looking at that audience graph and your audience tab in your channel, um, you know, we typically publish videos as people are starting to come online, but you wanna live stream when people are online because you want people to be able to come in and participate. So, um, so because of that, you want to stream when you see people online. So once it hits one of those dark areas, um, then you want to, you know, that's where you would start your stream to be able to get in front of as many of those people as possible. And then, you know, that first bar, if you're going to do a longer stream, that first bar, hopefully, you know, you still have some dark, some dark bars after that. Um, so, you know, that would be the uh, way to do that. In terms of important stats, um, you absolutely want to look at like your, you know, your click through rate, all that stuff. Um, you want to look at your watch time, just like you do your video content. It's the same um, in terms of just looking to see, you know, how people are enjoying the content, you know. Um, so you want to look at your click through rate. You want to look at your, um, you know, how long people stick around for during the streams. So, for example, um, in this particular live stream, people typically stick around for anywhere from like 22 to 25 minutes um, per, you know, person that comes through the stream in terms of the average view duration. And of course, there's some people that will stay here for the whole stream that kind of offset that there's some people that will hit the stream stay here for 10 seconds and bounce um, but that's that's the average right um, that happens uh, during these particular live streams so um, so you know just just figuring those things out and just trying to think of like okay how can you make it better so like for example i was sending a bunch of uh you know um stats to d yesterday because one thing that i'm currently doing right now um since you know d has recently started streaming with me again or we started streaming together again is um uh is i'm you know just kind of keeping an eye like okay how did the solo streams do compared to you know the streams that i do with d and you know keeping an eye on those types of you know things as well but i'm looking there i'm looking for you know watch time i'm looking for overall engagement um i'm looking for um uh click-through rate um, as well. But when it comes to the click through rate, because I haven't updated the thumbs yet, I'm really only relying on like the the thumbnail, uh, you know, auto preview for that, you know, as of right now. Um, but you know, once I update the thumbnail as well, that I'm going to get a lot more, you know, more accurate data in terms of like, do people come into these streams? Uh, more when D and I are together or they come in more, you know, when it's a, th a, a thumbnail that represents that we're doing it so, uh, solo. But you want to, you know, just look for, you know, those types of things to figure out, you know, what it is that people respond best to. Great question. 
Construction cronies, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing great. Welcome to stream. Hope you're doing awesome. So, um, Lee Leon says, uh, do you believe that consistency still works? Um, oops, clicked on the uh, wrong one there. Says, do you believe consistency still works? Any tips on motivational content? Consistency absolutely works. So, when it comes to consistency, what you what what's the most important is once you like being consistent without having effective content, meaning people are responding to it at a competitive rate. Um, being consistent without that um, isn't as impactful, obviously, because you know if people aren't responding, it doesn't matter how many videos you upload if you can't get people to respond, right? Um, but once you can get people to respond, then in that case, just you know having a rock solid consistency is fantastic. And in a lot of cases, you can even see, and this is across genres too, you can even see that consistency like in your in your stats too. So um, so you know having a rock solid consistency is definitely a win. I mean, one way to look at it, and you know I can also be you know a lot more consistent than i am um but when it comes to you know consistency one of the things that um is really cool about that is that not only does it help you in terms of people knowing when your videos are going to up go not only does it help you predict in terms of like okay i've got about this many people interacting with my channel on a regular basis so because of that you know i know that if i do like a brand deal or something that i know that i can bring at least x amount of attention to them you know through x amount of pieces of content or whatever so it just gives you a lot more um uh, consistency in those types of things but in my opinion the most important part about consistency isn't even related to YouTube. The par important part to me about consistency is that as a content creator, um, it helps you be able to um, work the process of creating content into your lifestyle to ensure that you're able to do it for a long period of time. Um, of course, you have the thing where you can, you know, batch everything and then, you know, take a few months off if you want, depending on the type of content you make. But I'm a big fan of, you know, batching, of course, because that's helpful, you know, getting ahead and all of that, but, you know, still continuing to work and still continuing to make content based off of, you know, reading your stats, seeing the things people respond to and don't making adjustments as necessary, but just, you know, continually putting it out on a, like clockwork, um, tons of advantages there. Like it helps you on YouTube. It helps you with your audience. It helps you with, um, you know, your workflow in terms of making sure that you get the thing done. It helps you when it comes to brand deals, because they also want to see your consistency. It helps you when it comes to brand deals in terms of, you know, you knowing about, you know, the general activity at the low baseline that you can, you know, depend on for your channel, all of those things, like, um, it, it's really helpful. Yes, Motive Music Studios nailed it, says um, it helps build those atomic habits and sustainability. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. So next up, we have Comics Undone. Comics Undone, they upload one time per week or more. They do comics and animation. They do anime and they share the uh, craziest. Hey, really quick, Pleasant Memories Education. Thank super you for charge. the super uh, sticker there. I appreciate it. Construction Cronies, thank you super for the uh, super chat there, or super sticker there as well. Super appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but the, they do comics animation. Um, the goal of the channel is to animate slash share the craziest comic book moments. The uh, question is, is it effective use of time to remake thumbnails and titles on older videos with relevant content or just remake the video for the audience I've gained since? You can do both. And the reason that you wanna consider doing both um, is because when you are um, publishing content and you're learning how to do things better and better and better over time, then you can look back and you can look at your thumbnails and you'll see them differently. You'll see your thumbnails differently. You'll see your titles differently because you as a content creator will grow in your awareness and your understanding of what performs well for the audience that you're trying to reach. So what you can do there is you can say, okay, I'm gonna go through my archive. And as long as people enjoyed the content, you can see this in your audience retention and 
other engagement metrics. As long as people enjoyed the content, then let me see if I can get them to click on this more so that I can, you know, get more people coming into here. And then you can also do fun things where, you know, like you update that thumbnail and title, and then you make a new video that's somewhat related to that to where like the next logical step would be people watching that video. So then you can, you know, have a video, um, a new video to where you have a pinned comment pointing back to that video. And then you also have like an end screen pointing back to that video and maybe even a card depending on, you know, what you're talking about. And then from there, then not only are you gonna be sending some people in there to kind of, you know, interact with that video anyway. Um, but then you're also going to have that new packaging um, to where, you know, when YouTube shows it to people, they may respond better or they may respond worse. But, you know, by updating it with what you know now, um, you might be able to get a better performance uh, there. So um, so because of that, you know, changing the thumbnails is definitely something to consider. But so is remaking the video. So when I first started my channel, one of the videos that I made, um, I did one on um, how to name your next project because I wasn't targeting YouTubers at that point in time. I was just talking about stuff that I was dealing with. Um, but that one was about how to name your next project, be it a website, YouTube channel, blog, like whatever. Um, but it's just your next project. And um, that video didn't do great. And then once I started talking about YouTube specifically, I made another one on how to name your YouTube channel specifically. That one didn't do great. And then like a year later, I did another one on how to name your YouTube channel. And that one, I don't know how many views it has on it now. Um, but that one I know had um, uh, at least 50,000 views on it in a relatively short amount of time um, compared to the other ones that still don't have a lot of views on. Them. I think I actually took down the one on the naming your project. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, like remaking videos with your newfound skills um, can also be uh, helpful because, you know, you learn a lot as you're going through this process. As long as you're paying attention to how people are interacting with, with your content, you know, you learn tons. And through that learning of, you know, of, of what it is that your audience responds to, it, it helps you be able to see things differently. So when you look at your old archive, you can identify the things you need to change. Like there, there's at least 200 thumbnails on my YouTube channel right now um, that I could go in and change. I'm actually in the process right now of, of updating some of that. I'm sure you notice, even like in this live stream here, I've got like an updated thumbnail. Some of my new thumbnails, I'm, I'm in the process right now of um, experimenting with some new branding stuff. Um, so uh, so once that is locked in, then um, once I find something that, you know, that works, then uh, then I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go through and, and update tons of thumbnails on my channel. But uh, let's see here. So next up, we've got... That junk man, that junk man says um, they do daily content. The type of channel is toys and pop culture of the past. Um, the goal of the channel is for my viewers to know, even if the topic isn't for them, I'll make the video fun, entertaining, and worth watching. The question is, is it bad not to have end link boxes and just end the video abruptly so the autoplay will play the other video before it cuts off? Yes, that's um, that's something that I would avoid. So the thing, the reason that you wanna avoid that is because you can't 100% without question control the next video that's going to show up in the list, right? So because of that, you want to make sure that you have in-screen elements there and that you are also recommending either through a graphic or verbally, the very specific video that you are handing off to or the very specific playlist that you're handing off to. So having the, the, the links on your screen is one thing, but telling people why they should go and watch those is a whole other thing. So, you know, for example, if you have this motivational video and you are getting people to the end of that video, they really enjoyed the video. If they made it all the way to the end, they enjoyed it. So the next thing you can do for them is say, 
you know, hey, you know, you just finished this motivation video. So, you know, you're probably fired up right now, but I really want to take you to the next level. Um, I actually have another video that you're going to like better than this one. That's also, you know, motivational based. You can click into that right here. Go and check it out. Um, and of course, you can say, you know, that video is on the screen now. Like if you're not on screen, that video is on the screen now. Go ahead and check it out, whatever. But you basically build up why it would make sense for them to watch that next video and tell them like why it's important, you know, or why it might, you know, be important to them. And then you just recommend that they click on that video. And by doing that, um, it creates a, a, a substantially higher amount of people clicking on your um, on your end screens. Um, let's see here. Do we play the video before it cuts off? Okay. So um, next up, and in your case, if you're doing like two videos a day and things like that, like you should be thinking like small series and you know that kind of stuff because you're just cranking out content because what you ultimately want is you want people to daisy chain through your content. So when you are, you know, pu putting out two videos per day, you want people to watch those videos back to back or watch, you know, three videos back to back or four videos back to back, um, depending on how long they are, of course, but you want people to watch more of your content because when people enjoy one video, um, it shows, you know, it's good signals to YouTube that people, you know, enjoy that video, but when they click and they watch more of your content and then, you know, they keep watching more and more of your content, like that really tells YouTube that this particular viewer is really enjoying this content. And by doing that, you're essentially showing YouTube that you make good content and you're showing YouTube that at least that type of viewer really enjoys your content. So then their system will go to work for you trying to find other people like that person that's really enjoyed your content. So, um, so because of that, trying to get people to watch more than I, I, I'm trying to remove trying to get people to from my vocabulary, but it's so baked in, it's really difficult. Um, but but making it easy for people to find more of the content from your channel that they want to watch is one of the best things you can do, because then, you know, it can amplify your views, amplify your watch time, amplify your revenue, it can amplify everything that's happening on your YouTube channel, if you get really good with making it easy for people to find more content in your channel that they enjoy. Next question that we have. Nishan Webb, what's going on? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Good morning. Flash in your pan. Ed, hope you're doing great, man. Nice to see you in here. Jade, nice to uh, nice to see you. Yeah, so daisy chain, like what I mean there is um, basically just linking them together. So, you know, daisy chaining is basically, I'm actually, um, I was looking, just kind of researching like some hard drives and stuff. And um, with those hard drives, one of the things that they mentioned there is you can daisy chain them together, which basically just means that you're connecting them um, all together. That's what that, uh, that's what that means. Um, let's see here. So next up, Jess Larcia, what's going on? Hope, Larcia, sorry, I hope you're doing fantastic. Cricket MC plays Minecraft. Hope that you are doing awesome as well. Chantel says, once your question answered, use the link in the description below. Look for the hearts. Okay, so Film Journey. Film Journey does film um, and film making content. The goal of the channel is to um, enable, entertain, and inspire and educate and aspiring filmmakers. And the question is, a couple of weeks ago, um, you received a question about how many videos to have in the bank when starting a channel. You said to load some videos um, into my edit suite, but only publish one to see how it goes. And if I need to make changes to the others based on how they're received before I render and publish, this would literally be my launch video. However, you said there was someone else um, sorry, I can't remember the name that advised to launch a channel of five to seven videos. Um, I want to have videos up my sleeve because I work full time and I want to be able to release videos quickly. So need to um, need some up my sleeve so I'm not stressed out in those first few weeks. So I was planning to edit four videos and have three in the bank, so to speak, when I released my first video. The question is, as I'm confident in my idea and been to film school, I kind of know something um, that I'm doing and what is the benefit of releasing? Wait, uh, kind of know somewhat 
I am doing, what is the benefit of releasing five to seven videos right off the bat? Do I link them all together? Yeah, that, that's the whole idea with that is basically, if you make one amazing video, especially if you're a filmmaker, like your first video might do great. So if you have one video that you put out and people really enjoy it, if you don't have additional content on the channel for people to watch, then you know that's it, right? But if you have other videos on the, on the channel that people can watch and let's say they love that first video and then let's say they go and watch a second video and let's say a third, then right out of the gate, that first video is gonna do fantastic because it's causing a chain of reaction where people come into that video, they enjoy it, they watch another video, they enjoy that, they watch another video and enjoy that. So the amount of watch time that's happening from like one of those videos that people are coming in, you know, through that, you know, initial video from the entry, um, like one of those videos can end up doing, you know, substantially well, just because that chain is all put together and you're multiplying your views that way. In addition to that, you have that content there, so right out of the gate, you're just getting a lot more watch time and things like that for all the people that are interacting if those first videos end up doing well, but you have a lot of watch time and all that. So it really just accelerates things um, on your channel because you are positioned for a lot of activity to take place on your channel versus just being able to watch one video and then like that's it walking away um, because you don't have anything else on your channel. Andrew Cannon in the house, what's up my dude? Hope you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you. Um, let's see here. So next question uh, that we have here is from our busy Aussie family. Um, they do family vlogging content. The goal is to for the enjoyment of others to watch. And the question is, I've been monetized and I'm interested in that shopping section that has popped up as something for viewers to access. What kind of website would you suggest for me to link to the shopping option on YouTube? Also, what kind of merch would you suggest to sell? So when it comes to website um, linking, so if you use Shopify specifically, and it needs to be Shopify. If you use Shopify specifically, then it will integrate uh, with your uh, with your YouTube channel as long as you have the additional requirements. So um, with that, if you just go ahead and get into Shopify, even if you don't meet the requirements yet to connect it to your YouTube channel, um, if you have that Shopify account, as soon as you're ready and you already have a bunch of products built up in that store, um, then you'll be able to connect it directly to your, uh, you'll be able to connect it directly to your YouTube channel. Um, but in terms of, let's see here, what kind of merch would you suggest? So when it comes to merch, um, one of the things that you want to think about is a lot of people will just put logos like this one I'm wearing right now, Niminati, right? That's my, that's my merch that you see, you know, right here. So with these people, people buy these, um, they used to buy more, um, but I don't like push it much these days. Um, but when it comes to this, the, uh, the logo stuff, it wouldn't sell as much as things that content creators can just relate to, right? Because in order to buy one of these, you have to be like, you know, into the content and into the channel and into like what's going on here. But in order to enjoy a shirt that says subscribe to my YouTube channel or just a subscribe button, you know, on the on the on the on the shirt, then in that particular case, that that relates to content creators in general. So that merch is about them. It's not about me. Right. So when you make merch like that and then you mix in your logo stuff, then that gives you the opportunity to, you know, just serve the audience with things that they might find interesting or funny or, you know, whatever with the merch to where it doesn't necessarily have to be about you. So then that allows you to, you know, sell the logo stuff that you put there plus the other, you know, designs that you put up that your um, that your audience would enjoy. Um, let's see here. Jerry says we need, we need a shirt that says need another cup. <laughs> oh, love it. How, how about I give you a music video instead? <laughs>
give me a minute to get me a Joe. I'll be getting my fix in my kitchen, but look at the logo, the plug for the show. It don't matter the flavor, I'm gonna get haters. A cup of a pot of the gold, I just need you to hold for a little bit longer. This song ain't a joke, it's a banger, you know where you don't. Well, hang or you won't, but this thing isn't stopping till it's at the top. And I go back upstairs, man, I hope I don't drop it. I know that it's hot. It might seem one's enough, but apparently not. Take a cinnamon shot, mix it up on the spot. Give it a try, you might like it a lot. Fiending for caffeine. I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Fiending for caffeine. I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Fiending for caffeine. I need it in my mug. Put your cups up here, put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it, cheers. Put your cups up here, put your mugs up here. Put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it. So um, so here, that gave me the uh, the opportunity to to slam some water. I get a big bottle of water down here. Gave me the opportunity to like slam a bunch of water, and I didn't refill the coffee though, but I did uh, definitely grab some water. (laughs) So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we did the busy Aussie family. So let me go to the next one. So um, next up, we have. Hey, glad that you enjoyed that, uh, Rob. So uh, next up, we have. Uh, let's see here. Biking better. Biking better does biweekly content. The, uh, type of channel is sports cycling, BMX racing, and fat biking. Super cool. I used to BMX race when I was a kid. Um, super, super fun. I have huge calves. And I think the reason that I have big calves is because of that particular experience when I was a kid. <laughs> but anyway, um, the goal of the channel says I'm trying to help people get better at cycling and sharing my own races. And the question is, I had a recent trip. Um, I have the material to make six videos with a common thread or make it into one video, but that would be much bigger um, than I normally make. Which is more likely to go over well? Would uh, would it be a four race videos, one practice video, and one looking for a local jump site? Um, that's like... In that particular case, one, I would need to see like the footage. I would need to know the story you're telling, you know, all that good stuff. If you're really good at storytelling, one video could do the trick. Um, If you are like, okay, then splitting it up into, you know, six videos, that might be the thing. And then putting it into a, uh, you know, into a playlist. But keep in mind when it comes to, uh, you know, separating the videos like that, you also want to make sure that each video stands on its own merit. So you don't want it to be to where they have to watch, you know, the first video in order to understand what's happening in the third video, right? So because of that, you just need to make sure that everything is, um, is, is standing on its own uh, merit, so to speak. Um, let's see here, but absolutely. Like if you're really good at storytelling or you can put together like a really good story, then, you know, that long video, as long as it would make sense, um, that one long video, you might be able to get a decent amount of watch time off of that. You might be able to, you know, just get people like really into like the entire story. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely channels, um, on YouTube, tons of them actually that will put out like 30 minute documentaries and stuff, um, or just 30 minute story videos, whatever. And and they just crush, um, because, you know, people come into it, they just love it, you know, and they, and they just, you know, we'll sit there and watch it. Symmetry for Aaron. Um, 
they upload, they've been on YouTube for less than a year, upload one time per week or more. The type of channel is Sims 4 Gaming. The goal of the channel says I wanna be able to make a living doing what I love, playing the Sims and making videos. The question is, everyone says um, to hook your videos in the first 30 seconds, but I've not been able to do that as of yet. How do I do that in my niche? So um, first, one easy way to do that is just let people know what it is that you're gonna be doing, right? But just try to make it interesting in some way to where if somebody that is interested in Sims comes into that particular video, like you are into Sims. So for you, if you were to go into a video, and this is kind of like a, a default exercise that everybody here should go through when it comes to thinking of your hook, because if you're into the type of content you make, then just thinking like, okay, if I were to, to, to start watching a video, if I was, you know, trying to, you know, learn about something, or if I was trying to watch somebody play this game or learn about this game or or whatever like if i were to come into this video what would i want to hear what would what would what could i say to me that would make me think like oh yeah i'm gonna I, like this is exactly what i was looking for right um and that's how you want to design your hook so it's not necessarily like you know um uh i have to do some you know tricky thing but you know at the end of the day you can just tell people this is you know this is what we're doing today and that can be enough now of course you know you can add story to it and you can you know add questions to it depending on the exact videos that you're putting out um, in order to make people be like, oh yeah, you know, that is, you know, something that I was, you know, wondering myself and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, that kind of leads them into it that way. But, um, but at the end of the day, I'm um, just thinking about yourself. And if you are coming into it, then thinking like, okay, if, if I wouldn't be able to hook myself, then, then I can't expect other people to pay attention to what's going on. So because of that, you just want to make sure that the um, hooks or at least the information that you're using is information that you would also respond to as somebody that is really into Sims uh, content. And by, you know, running through that, it's kind of like, like with everything you do on YouTube, just defining all of that stuff yourself can really make a big difference. So, um, you know, people are always looking for like tricks and hacks. Here's one that I'll give you. And I mentioned, you know, part of this in every live stream. So if you want to get more people clicking on your thumbnails, make sure that you are able to define why people should click on your thumbnails. Um, if you are trying to get more people to click on your titles, make sure you're defining exactly why people would click on your um, titles. When it comes to your thumbnails, make sure you're identifying that you can identify and you can say, this right here is the thing that's going to grab the attention of other people that are into Sims games. Or this right here is gonna be the thing that's gonna grab the attention of the people that are into camping um, that I'm trying to reach. Or this right here is going to be the thing that's going to grab the attention of people that are into food, right? So make sure that you are defining what that thing is that you're that you are using to grab attention in your thumbnails. And then you also want to make sure that that thing is a clear focus. So the next question you want to ask yourself is, okay, if this is the thing, now, is there anything else that I'm doing that would detract from people being able to identify this as the clear focus? Is it words obscuring the thing that I'm talking about? Is it to where that thing is here, but let's say the colors of that thing are a little bit dull, but you're using some like bright colors over here to where it's gonna pull their attention away from that thing and cause them to just kind of glance over the whole thing because they're not focusing on the right thing. Like, is there anything like that going on? And if so, how can you, you know, alter things in order to make sure that the thing that you need them to focus on is the thing that they're actually going to be focusing on, right? So you gotta make sure you're defining those things. Cause if, you, if you're like, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why this would stop somebody if they were on their mobile feed scrolling through looking for videos to watch I don't know why then keep working on it until you can define it that by itself will help you get more clicks because then you're being super intentional 
same exact thing with your title in terms of like, okay, what about this title would cause them to click the title and thumbnail, how they work together as a team to win the click, how exactly are they working together? So if they, if this thumbnail grabs their attention and they drop down to the title, then what about this title is going to be that thing that's going to compel them to come over and click. It's going to be informative, um, but it's also going to support the thumbnail in some way. It's going to get them to click. Right. Um, and then same exact thing with the video content. When they come into the video, what about this hook is going to cause that person that I'm trying to reach to say like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I expected when I clicked on this thumbnail. Um, and then you keep working through that, you know, as you're, as you're building out your video, same thing when you get to the end of the video, if I'm trying to get people to watch this next video on the channel, um, and I have, you know, these end screen elements that I'm trying to get people to watch, why would the person that's watching this video want to watch this video that I'm recommending? Um, and then, you know, spell that out to them, you know, as well. And again, if you can't define those things and keep working on them until, you know, you can, you know, define exactly why people should react in those ways. And by being that intentional about it, um, you know, you'll, you'll help yourself get better at what it is that you're doing um, by, you know, better understanding all of the moves that you're making when it comes to your channel. Super one guy bought games thank you for the super chat says hey nick my channel is uh um hey nick is my channel and me going on the right path i'm not sure so when it comes to looking at youtube channels i do that on the tube spanner streams i'm not doing those on these um streams at the moment so um so for that i'm not sure uh you know uh right now but definitely make sure you check out the tube spanner streams that we do uh, if you just go to the youtube uh, search bar and you type in tube spanner um then you know that channel will pop up there um just make sure you're subscribed over there for when we do those uh, channel review streams and by the way, if you are not familiar with TubeSpanner for everybody here, um, so if you're a TubeSpanner user already, you know, definitely make sure you get your notepad open. But if you're not already a TubeSpanner user, um, just as a heads up, TubeSpanner is a uh, YouTube tool and it's different than all the other YouTube tools. Um, most of the tools, you know, will will focus on like, you know, a core, you know, couple of things. Um, with TubeSpanner, it fills in the holes of all of the things that all the other tools don't offer. There's like an upload assistant that helps you like quickly, you know, put your descriptions together um, by inserting what is called smart tokens to where you just click on them, like, you know, affiliate description or this video here, this video here, whatever. And then just like, boom, and it populates everything super fast. Um, and then you can also select your videos. Cause you know how we're always talking about, we've been talking about this for years, making sure that all of your video descriptions that you have links to other relevant videos. It also has an option to where from the drop down you can click like, okay, Hey, this is a video right here. And you can scroll through all your videos instead of having to actually go to your YouTube channel and dig through and find everything. You just scroll through and you're like that one, uh, that one, and that one. And then you just build the text around them. Um, but it's got that AI script writing tools, AI titles, like all kinds of really helpful stuff. Um, but definitely make sure you check that out. Super, super helpful tool. Um, but symmetry uh, for Aaron is the next uh, channel here. The, oh, we did this one already on the, um, on the hook. Okay, next. Ink Jess Poetry says they do poetry and faith content. The goal of the channel is to educate on the power of poetry entertain with spoken words, share faith and hope, and inspire others, and make sales on my book, products, and services. The question, what is the best way to drive people to my website to check out what I offer? Should I somehow mention it in every video or short, um, or just leave it as a pinned comment? So um, one thing that I recommend is I do not recommend that you leave a pinned comment to Wayne's World Unlimited. What's going on? Hope you're doing great. Um, so one thing that, um, uh, that you have to make sure that you're keeping in mind is, you don't wanna be driving lots of people off of YouTube with every video that you publish. Because one thing that YouTube wants is YouTube wants 
um, people to stay on platform. They want to get as much, you know, interaction from people as they possibly can on YouTube. And if every video that you have, you're driving a lot of people off through like pinned comments, um, that's actually sending the wrong message to the system, to YouTube about like, you know, about what's happening when people are interacting with your content. So of course, if they're really loving your videos and you know, all of that, then, you know, it's going to be less of an impact. But when you do have, you know, every single video, you've got a pinned comment leading people to your website, there's going to be a decent amount of people clicking on that. And when they are, that's just people that you're making leave YouTube. So because of that, I would balance it out. And as part of that balance, I would say, okay, I'm going to make some of these videos for the sake of, you know, helping the channel do better and just, you know, full raw value to the people that are interacting with my content. That's going to get them to, you know, know, like, and trust me. Um, and then I'm going to occasionally as part of my, you know, content schedule, I'm going to occasionally put out uh, videos to where I am being very aggressive about letting people know about, you know, my books and stuff that I have. Um, so there's that in terms of just your content strategy approach that I just wanted to make sure that you're aware of so you can balance what YouTube wants with what it is that you need as well, right? That's part of sustainability also. Um, in addition to that, there's little things that you can do. So of course, every video description you have, you wanna make sure that you are putting links to your book there where they can go you know, to your website and get it. You wanna make sure, you should go listen to some of my channel monetization streams um, because I have, uh, I've done five of them now and they are jam packed with like this type of information. But, um, but what you wanna do is you wanna go um, to your about me page. You wanna make sure that you have your website added there and that you have, you know, get my book here. And then you put that um, link in your about me page and it's gonna show up in your channel banner on desktop computers. As of this conversation, it doesn't show up yet for mobile devices, um, but they are um, putting out links. Um, you're going to be able to have two links that even mobile users will see in your um, in your uh, uh, channel banner. Um, it's actually going to be right underneath your profile picture, actually, on the mobile version. But you're going to be able to, you know, have people do that, you know, directly there as well. Um, to where just make sure you have those linked up. So right there, you have the links in your description, plus you have, um, you know, those uh, links that are on your about me page that will show up there for people to click. In addition to that, um, you also want to make sure that you have that you are using your channel trailer um, spots. Those are for subscribed users and for non-subscribed users. You can put two different trailers there. So one of them, of course, would be to try to get people to you know subscribe to the channel or whatever. But for the subscribed viewers, you can actually have that particular trailer to where you have that block of text over to the right of the video, and you can also use that to where you put a description of the video itself. But then you also put a thing. You know, you can get my book here, check out my book, or hey, I wrote a book. You know, you can check it out here, those sorts of things in order to get people to be able to click on that and then head over to your website as well. Now that only works on um, desktop computers right now, it does not work on mobile devices, but um, but that's one more place for desktop users where you can also send people to your website. Other things in your video itself, what you can do um, is you can also have to where when you first start your video, you introduce yourself. So let's say, um, uh, so if your name is Jess, You'd be like, hey, I'm Jess, uh, you know, welcome to, uh, you know, Ink Jess Poetry. Today, we're going to be talking about, you know, this poem, you know, whatever. And as part of that, while you're just doing a quick introduction to yourself, just simply saying your name is fine. Hey, I'm Jess. And, and you know, today we're going to be doing this. When you do that, that's going to give you the option to where you can put just a lower third on there. And technically, you don't even have to say you don't even say your name. You can just drop this lower third in while you're having your conversation, you know, somewhere in the beginning of your video. But it would basically have your name on it. And then on the second line, it would have, you know, check out my new book at 
and then it has a web address on there. So then what you're doing there is you're not being intrusive. You're not cramming it down people's throats, so to speak. What you're doing is you're just spreading awareness about it in a subtle way. And then you can do that same exact thing for any lower third uh, that you add throughout your video. And technically you can do the same exact thing in your end screen as well to where you just have a graphic of some kind. Ultimately, you want people to watch more content because that's going to help you on platform, help your videos get in front of even more people so you can work at scale bringing attention to your book. But when you are uh, putting something like that in your end screen, then you prioritize sending them to the video, but then you have a little graphic on there that also lets them know that you have the book available. Great question. Love those. Love the love those types of uh, structural, like how do I bring attention to this stuff questions. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Uh, David's life says that they do vlog content. The goal of the channel is showing off my community and activities for my uh, in my community. The question is, uh, my life channel is more popular than my gaming channel. Should I focus on my life channel or keep plugging away at both channels? Um, this is one where it's really important to just, you know, sit back with, uh, with you know, like a nice cold glass of water or a coffee or something and just sit there and just kind of think about like, what is it that I'm trying to do with my YouTube channel? Um, if everything worked out perfectly in the next like five years or two years or one year for my YouTube channel, what would that look like? Um, uh, what is it that I'm actually trying to do with my YouTube channel? What's the value I'm trying to get? Who's the who's the audience that I'm trying to serve with the content that I have? And when you start defining all those things, it's gonna help you easily be able to answer questions like this. Um, just because one channel is currently doing better doesn't necessarily mean that you should go all in on that. Like you need to make sure that you are going in and all in on something that you really enjoy. So if it is the life channel, then go all in on that one. If you're like, yeah, this is great. Like if I could make this one work, then, you know, then, then everything would be exactly as I imagine it. Then in that case, roll with that one. But if you're like, you know what, the life thing's cool, but I really like the thing that I really care about the most is gaming. And because of that, I, I want to do more of that, then do that. Right. But knowing what it is that you want out of your YouTube channel is going to help you make decisions like this along the way for all of us. How many people here just a quick show of hands, and I'm actually just gonna drop this uh, into a poll. Give me one second here. Do you have a clear non-sub-view-based goal for your channel? So I just put a poll in here asking um, if you have a clear non-view sub-based goal for your channel. What I mean by that is, do you have, like, do you know what it is that you're trying to do with your YouTube channel? Um, if you, you know, like if that's a yes, then just drop that yes in there. If it's a no, then drop the no in there. Because those types of things are really important for YouTube. And it looks like we've already got some, you know, like we're, we're waiting heavily in the yes department for right now, um, which is great. I love seeing that because when you know what it is that you're trying to do, it helps you track the right things. It helps you make decisions along the way. Um, it just makes everything a million times easier on YouTube. Music Mix Plus, my pleasure. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we got Music Mix Plus. That worked out. <laughs> so uh, what are the odds of that? So they have a classical music channel. The goal of the channel says, I like classical music. And also I'd like my channel to become monetized. Yeah, so really quick, it looks like we have um, out of 51 votes, we've got 85%, uh, 83%. Okay, it's kind of, it's 80, 55 votes. Yeah, I'll let that stay up there and keep going here for a minute. 
Um, but it says, I like classical music and also want my channel to be monetized. Question, I recently was denied monetization because of reused content. How can I fix my channel to get it to be monetized the second time around? I'm currently appearing in my videos talking about the piece of music I'll be presenting. Would this be enough? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if that would be enough or not because like if it's just a quick thing where you're talking about that and then you default into something that's reused, um, then in that case, that might work against you. But like if you're in there the whole time and you're you know reacting to it and those sorts of things, that might open you up. But when it comes to that, because of what it is that you are doing, I mean, you are using classical music, you are using other people stuff in order to make your content that's ultimately going to come down to the people that are reviewing the channel when it comes time to you know apply a second time so that's going to be totally up to up to them but the more original that you can make it the better off you're going to be um, so the less that you're reliant on you know other things that you didn't create um, the more you know the, the less reliant you are on that the better your chances of you know not having any headaches trying to get into the partner program so, okay, so we've got, you know, so we've got a decent amount of, uh, you've got a decent amount of no's in here, you know, decent amount of yeses um, as well. So, you know, just interesting feedback there um, in terms of the goal-based thing. I'm just gonna go ahead and end the poll now. Um, but yeah, it's definitely good to know what it is that you want out of your YouTube channel. For those 22% of you that don't, um, you know, that those like knowing why you're making content, it helps you in motivation. Um, it helps you understand the value that you're bringing to your audience. It helps you know what, what deals to make down the road when you start getting like sponsor deals and stuff like that. Um, it helps you know what content to make. Um, it helps you know what to track, which is really important. Um, you know, so for example, like there's some people that don't get tons of views, but the reason they have their YouTube channel is income and they're just tracking their income. So like if the, if the channel has, you know, like a lower amount of views, but they're crushing it on the money side, then they're fine with that. Of course, if they get more views, then they're also going to crush it even more on the money side. But, um, but you know, like in those particular cases, like they know what to track and they know like, okay, well, if I am, you know, serving the goal that I have for the channel, then everything else is fine. It doesn't matter if I'm getting a lot of subscribers or, you know, whatever the thing is that that particular creator would be thinking about. Uh, next up on the list here, we've got uh, Camping Pups RV. They do educational content. Um, the goal of the channel is to help RV owners with tips and tricks. Question, I've heard in a long form video um, that getting more views than subscribers is a good sign that it might get good traction. Since shorts always have had more views starting out than long form, what is a good indicator a short is doing well when a channel is still small? It's getting views. If, you, if it's getting views and you're happy with the view count that you're getting, then it's doing well. Um, if you are publishing and you're just not getting, you know, if you're just not getting, you know, hardly any traction on it at all, then in that case, you know, learning, you know, you, you got to go through that process of, you know, learning how to, you know, create the shorts that people enjoy. Um, so in terms of, you know, like how to gauge it, um, just, you know, publish it and see if the videos are doing, you know, okay over like a 90 day period or so. And, um, and if they are, then, you know, then you're, then you're doing all right. If they're not based on your own personal expectations, um, then in that case, you know, then you gotta, you know, work harder to, um, to, try to figure out how to make everything perform better. So um, Renee, um, he is YouTube's creator liaison. Um, this is in reference to the question on the monetization. He said, think, think along the lines of original content that provides significant value to the viewer. So when you are, you know, trying to get into the partner program, um, that's what you want to think about. So think about, think about original content that provides significant value to the viewer iPhone Chris, my pleasure. <laughs> 86 says, I fell asleep for an hour with Nick on and had really weird dreams about content creation. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. 
And uh, yeah, Renee says also personal opinion. It's um, it's pretty easy to see content designed to extract money rather than provide value. Totally, absolutely. So, uh, so here, next up on our list here, we've got. I can't even imagine all the all the stuff they're dealing with right now because I know like there's tons of channels right now um, uh, teaching like cash cow channels and YouTube automation and stuff like that. Like I can't even imagine all the all the stuff that uh, the reviewers are having to deal with right now with with the with the huge influx of uh, of that. But rooted in essential oils, um, they say that they uh, type of channels, plant-based products and a healthy lifestyle. The goal of the channel is to help people um, live a better life without toxic products. And the question is, how do you set up Nightbot when you should set it up? And the, uh, yeah, so I've never used Nightbot. I'm not, um, I'm not sure. So um, I wish I could help you there, but um, unfortunately um, I, uh, I cannot. So uh, Eminently Eve is the next channel here. Um, they do travel content. The goal of the channel is to encourage conservation of wildlife through tourism and make money from YouTube. And the question is, is it okay to use the same design for my thumbnails, um, like the same font, color, and structure, um, or does it get boring to my viewers? So when it comes to thumbnail templates, um, it is always good to experiment with additional thumbnails. Um, and the reason for that is because you can find, you know, things that work better than others. Um, using templates is, is an easy, you know, is an easy way to do it. Um, but I, I actually don't recommend it. Like I use templates for my news um, and the information that I change is within the actual news area. Sometimes like I just started experimenting with changes like the faces in there and that kind of stuff. Um, but with those, I have like a basic structure, but then I might swap out the face um, or the actual, you know, expression. Um, and then I'll swap out the information that's in the actual thing. But for the news, the reason that I do that is because I want people that are already familiar with my channel to know that it's that segment, that it's not like a normal video. So that's my way to help you guys know that that's what you're getting when you click on that piece of content. Um, um, and with the big like cr YouTube creator news on there, that's also a way to bring attention to that segment for people that are not already familiar with my channel. So that's kind of the, the reason that I use that particular template. For the stuff that I do for this stream, that's just laziness because with, with the templates that I use for here, um, like I, you know, these streams are designed for me to come here and interact with, you know, the people that are already interacting with my content. Like these aren't made to grow my YouTube channel and to grow my audience. I actually lose subscribers. I was actually, when I was sharing stats with D, I was shocked because, uh, um, for those of you here that were earlier for that conversation, but I was shocked because um, I, out of the last five streams, I actually have for the solo streams, I actually have a positive 35 subscribers. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I won. But that, but two, uh, two live streams carried the uh, weight for that. And then on the ones with D, we're just bleeding subscribers on those. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, these are designed for that. So because of that, I'm like, as long as my face is in there, then the people that interact with my content will know that it's an M and live. Um, so because of that, I'm, I am experimenting with a different template for that right now. Um, but, uh, but you know, that's kind of the idea of why I do that. But in that particular case, just to be transparent, I do that, but it's not best practice. So, um, so it's always better to make individual thumbnails for, uh, for content because one, that helps people that, um, it, it helps keep people like not confused, right? So like if, for example, like let's say in suggested videos, Let's say that you saw, you know, um, one of my new segments and if it was a new one, you, it would stand out because it looks different than the old template, but let's, we'll just say it's the old template. So there, when you would see that in suggested videos, you might think 
oh, I've already seen that one at a glance. I've already seen it because the main information that you can see on that one is pretty small. So you might think, oh, I've already seen that at a glance. I don't need to watch that, right? So that's why like now, like even with these for this stream, I'm like changing the colors on them and you know, things like that to where everything's the same, but I'm just doing like these minor little tweaks to them so that it at least makes it different from like, you know, stream to stream, so to speak. But yeah, try, try not to use templates um, unless it like really makes sense for you to do so. Um, because sometimes what can happen, and this, this happens a lot with like business channels, um, what can happen is uh, like you can commit to a template that's not effective for you and you can work against yourself by using a template. But if you find something that consistently works in terms of like, okay, this thumbnail and title combination, you know, typically work well. So because of that, I'm gonna use, you know, this particular thumbnail because that seems to do well. And then I'm just gonna rely mostly on the title to do the lifting for me, um, then in that case once you find something that's effective then you know then you're at least leaning on something that's effective before you commit you know to using the uh to temp to using the template entertainment daily okay what's going on hope you're doing fantastic welcome to the stream eku gaming hope you're doing great old trish nice to uh, see you in here hope you are doing fantastic you threw yourself out <laughs> love it okay so um imminently eve i think i answered this one okay yeah we did okay so uh, next up we have Lassie Farm. And, and just to be clear too on that last question, like if I was if I was doing everything from scratch again um, on like the thumbnails and stuff, like if I was like, just like if I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to grow my YouTube channel, um, then I wouldn't use them. I wouldn't use templates for anything. Um, so, you know, I, I recommend uh, that you that you do the same. Um, some things, like I said, you know, if it was like something that, you know, like a little tag somewhere, like a structure that would help people recognize it or a pattern in the background that would help people recognize it or something like that. If I found something that typically worked then you know i might do that um but ultimately yeah like i i would definitely uh just run tons of different thumbnails so you can so you can learn what works um 86 thank you for the super, super chat says chat. my um social media and marketing are stagnant not enough hours in the day with work and content creation are there cheap ways to outsource this um i'm also officially monetized now thanks for everything congratulations to you high five this month for getting into the partner program absolutely uh, absolutely love it so um, when it comes to cheap ways to outsource this, like a, a few things to think about is yes, there are. Um, you can find people on Fiverr and you know things like that to do stuff, Upwork um, as well. There's also a place called onlinejobs.ph um, where you can find people like internationally to you know do those types of things. Um, and that one is specific to the Philippines. Um, there's another one, I can't think of it off the top of my head for India where you pay monthly there. Um, and then they um, you know have professionals that will do you know different things. But the thing that is important when you're hiring for things for YouTube is either one, that you have time to train people so that they can get things to you know your standard, or that you use people that already have experience with YouTube. Because if you just pick some random designer, they might be able to make something that's pretty, but if they don't get YouTube, then it might look great, but it might not be effective. So because of that, it's really important to make sure that you are working with people that you know are you know effective. So when it comes to like videos, again, anybody can cut videos. I was actually uh, a friend of mine they hit me up the other day and they're like, Hey, Nick, um, I have this, uh, this channel that I'm trying to, uh, you know, bring attention to. And this particular uh, channel, I've been working with him for a year, and I just can't get him moving. Um, so could you take a look and just kind of give me your thoughts. So um, on that particular channel, like one of the first things was one, just communication was kind of rough with the creator anyway. Um, but in addition to that, just the edits were abysmal, like it was just annoying to watch the videos themselves. And you know, those types of things, like they're just outsourcing that um, for them. So basically, 
basically how it goes is they get the, the video footage and then they take that video footage and then they outsource it to somebody that can cut videos. So cutting videos is a totally different thing than editing videos, right? So they can cut the videos, cut out the silence, those sort of things. They're probably using AI tools now in order to do that, but that isn't necessarily just cutting out the silence isn't necessarily going to be the thing that helps people flow through your video, right? So in that particular case, one of the things was that the the video itself, it was just super choppy. Uh, everything was just kind of all over the place. Even like the eye line, like, you know, in some cases, you know, going outside of the eye lines, okay. But like in that particular case, like, you know, in one of them, they're like here in just kind of a weird spot. And then over here, they're like up here in this weird spot. It, it was just, it was just a mess. And the first thing is like, you know, first find, get an editor that like knows YouTube, right? Um, so that you can, you know, actually get an editor and not just somebody cutting videos. But when you do go like the lower, uh, Daniel Batal in the house, what's up dude, hope you're doing awesome. But uh, when you, <laughs> nice, yeah, it was not Daniel. But uh, uh, when, uh, you know, you, you have somebody that's gonna be doing, you know, those types of services for you, like they need to, you know, have an understanding, they don't have to, but you know, either you need to be able to train them or they need to have some type of understanding because um, if not, then you can end up in a situation like that where, yeah, it's getting the job done. It's getting the videos up onto YouTube, but it's not being done in a way that, you know, that, uh, um, that facilitates a good viewing experience, which is, you know, which is what is, is actually important, right? Lassie Farm. Um, is next up. They do daily content. Um, they do farm and lifestyle videos. The goal of the channel says I live for the interaction. And the question is, Nick, do people recognize you and ask for autographs? So I've only been asked to sign something one time. Um, and that was actually somebody that bought my merch. Um, and I saw them at a conference and they asked me if I would sign it. So I did. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, but it was it only happened once. Um, but in terms of being recognized, um, occasionally, yeah, I, I, I do. And the funny thing is, I live in Thailand. So um, it 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 happened the first time when I was visiting the States um, and it's happened a few other times since visiting, um, but it usually happens here, which is funny because like travelers come here, digital nomads come here. And in a lot of cases like digital nomads, like one of their options on their path is they explore YouTube in some way to either bring attention to the projects they're working on or to maybe make a channel for themselves so that they can position themselves in some way to where they can, you know, generate business while they travel, those types of things. So because of that, you know, like a lot of digital nomads will run across my content as well. So, you know, when they see me here, then, you know, sometimes people will say something. Like me and D, you know, we'll be having coffee or something. Somebody will come up and be like, hey, you know, are you Nick and D? <laughs> and, uh, and then we'll have those conversations. Uh, it's fun. It's pretty cool. Um, let's see here. So next up, uh, we got 86 there taken care of. Landlord from Alabama says, what's up, Nick? I'm trying to see if my channel is going in the right direction. Subs have slowed up. Do you have a course that I can purchase right now? Um, I do not. However, um, within the next, let's see here, we're coming up here on June. So within within the next like two and a half weeks, um, the very first course that I'm putting out is um, about how to generate income from your YouTube channel. And then after that, um, I'm gonna start getting into more structural things, growth things, training up on skill sets, those types of things. But the very first one is about uh, monetization um, because I know, as you can hear me read it right here from these comments, you know, one of the things is people are like, hey, you know, I, I want to also make money with this. So the um, very first offering that I'm going to do um, is going to be um, a small course on um, on monetization and how to, you know, all the different ways you can monetize, how to set things up step for step, you know, that, that kind of thing. How to set up your channel, all of that. 
So uh, let's see. <laughs> Sharkscraft he says, I tried to get Nick to autograph my Starbucks bill at Vid Summit. Um, he was too smart for that. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. Hey, yeah, will you, will you sign here? Uh, it's got your room number on it. Yeah, will, will you sign this for me? Yeah, that's good. So uh, next up, we've got uh, the new enlightenment with Ashley. Um, they do educational content. The goal is exploring Web 3.0 economics and governance. Um, the question is, how do I figure it out if I'm putting my energy towards the right thing in terms of growth? Um, this is where knowing what it is you're trying to accomplish with the channel is really important. Um, but it says, I'm thinking about editing versus scripting versus YouTube strategies. Um, if I only have so many hours for improvement, how do I figure out which one is the right focus for my channel in this moment for the channel's progression? Here's what you need to do. And this is going to go outside of what it is that you're talking about. So what you need to do is instead of saying like, okay, um, I'm going to focus on like editing or scripting or YouTube strategies, focus on the people that you're trying to reach. So instead of saying like, okay, I'm going to, you know, focus on like editing or scripting or YouTube strategies, think to yourself, okay, the people that I'm trying to reach with this um, educational content where I'm exploring web 3.0 economics and governance, what videos would those people that are interested in this topic, what would they absolutely have to click on if it showed up on their channel page? What kind of videos like that could I make topically? And then once you start doing that, then start thinking like, okay, let's start thinking how to serve the viewers. And then from there, start thinking of all the topics that, you know, that they would care about. And you can use like Reddit for this research. You can use, you know, Facebook groups for this research around, you know, the topics that you talk about. Um, but basically, you know, how can I serve them? And then from there, um, start putting together, you know, like, okay, um, video one is going to be something that if they saw it on their homepage, they would absolutely have to click on it. So then that next step would be, I need to package this up. What type of thumbnail would I have for this particular idea? What type of title would I have for this idea? And then get all that stuff locked in. And then from there, start your scripting process. And then on the scripting process, make sure that you're considering how the videos are packaged so that you can ensure that they're having a good, you know, overall experience. Um, and then just put together, you know, the best video that you possibly can for them. Like, um, like when it comes to YouTube, it is complicated. There's a ton of stuff you got to learn, a ton of stuff you got to do, tons of things you got to pay attention to. But at the end of the day, if you can just really focus your energies on skill development over time and focus your energies on serving the people that are interacting with your content or the people that you're trying to reach with your content, if you can focus on those things and just giving them the best experience possible. And in your case, that experience would be like, you know, information on all of those things or keeping them up to date, you know, with all those things, um, then, you know, that will get you farther than pretty much anything that you do. Because even like YouTube strategies, right? Um, all the YouTube strategies, most of the YouTube strategies that you're gonna hear, um, everything is just really based on like, how do you, you know, give your audience more of what it is that they want? And how do you understand your audience better? And then from there, it's like, okay, then you come down to content strategy on publishing, you know, certain videos at a certain cadence. And, you know, I need to put out X amount of these videos and X amount of these videos and X amount of these videos for these particular purposes and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you just focus Focus on like, okay, I've got this viewer that I'm trying to reach. If he saw this video or she saw this video on their homepage, what about this would make him identify that it's, that it's about this web 3.0 economics and governance. And from there, what about this title would be something that they just could not resist clicking on. And then from there, that gets them into your video, meet them when they come in by saying, today, we're going to be talking about, you know, this particular thing or, you know, starting it in some way that those particular people would find uh, interesting. But in terms of time, when you're limited on time, 
um, batching is going to be really helpful. So like in your case, having one session, uh, maybe you do it over lunch, you know, when you're working, um, have one session where you are, you know, hammering out video ideas. Um, that's like one, you know, lunch break. And then like at night, you know, when you get home or whatever, let's say you have a little bit more time, let's say you're in the bathroom, right? Then in that case, you know, you're on your phone, you're sitting there, you know, kind of flushing out the ideas or getting some bullet points over what it is that you're going to be, you know, talking about in the video. And you just kind of work through all those little moments of time that you have um, in order to, you know, to get that information out of you and into a video format. Next up, we got uh, Bill Seabach. I, I hope I'm saying that right, Bill. I apologize um, if not. Says, um, the type of channels, recruiting and career advice. The goal of the channel is to help people with all types of job issues and questions. And the question is, Nick, is there an easy way to bulk post my videos to multiple 75 LinkedIn groups? I don't know. I, I really don't know. LinkedIn isn't my thing. I'm not even on LinkedIn much. I have an account over there, but I'm hardly ever on it. Um, YouTube is the thing that I that I love the most. Um, Twitter is number two. I probably, if I'm honest, Reddit's probably number two and then Twitter. Um, but uh, the places where I interact most would be YouTube and Twitter. Um, but I, I, I do spend time um, on Reddit as well. Yeah, in the bathroom, flushing out ideas. <laughs> but uh, um, in terms of bulk posting your videos to multiple uh, LinkedIn groups, I'm not sure if there's a way to do that. But keep in mind, um, if they are anything like YouTube, that might be you know considered spam, or if they're anything like Facebook, that might also be considered spam. So just be really, uh, just be really careful uh, when you're doing that. I, I think. I think one of the best things you could probably do in that case would be to create your own group and build your own group up over time to where you can at least post your own videos um, in your own group without the mods deleting them and stuff like that. And then just create your own group over there. That would be just a resource for those people that you're trying to reach and then use that as a place that you can also put your videos to kind of deep dive on very specific sets of information. That might be something to consider versus you know spamming uh, you know 75 different LinkedIn groups with your uh, video. Um, Jerry Popandria, my man says, um, the goal of the channel is to learn how to use the grouping feature. Just kidding, but not really. Um, question is, can you show us how to quickly and efficiently add videos to groups, um, to use the grouping feature in analytics? So, yep. Give me one second here. So while I'm doing this, if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So first, um, give me a second, because I'm going to actually navigate to groups so I can keep everything kind of private here. Okay, let's see here. So am I going to zoom in on this, I guess, to show you this? There we go. So when it comes to groups, all you have to do, um, let me uh, present this really quick, share screen. Okay, so for groups, all you have to do, and this is the comparison that I was doing actually um, that I was telling you about before, but um, basically for groups, once you get to this area, in order to find this, you just click on your channel name um, up here. So basically you go here and you can click on your channel name here, or you can find it on the compare option over here on the right-hand side. But once this box pops up, you navigate to this third tab over um, and it's called groups. Click on that, um, and then you would create a new group here. Um, how you can use that is basically once you um, create a group, then you can hit this compare tool. So like, for example, if I click into solo streams, see here, what would show on here that I have to be mindful of? 
Yeah, because it shows my CPM. So I, I can't show you actually the group. Um, but what, what I can tell you is once I click into here, um, I'm also gonna have this same compare option that's up here in the top right-hand side. So since, um, so in this case, let's say I wanted to compare the solo streams that I've done recently with the streams that I've done with D, then I would click into the solo streams and then I would click on this compare to, and then I would click on the group um, that has D streams. And then that would give me all that information. Now, um, another thing that you also wanna keep in mind in here is when you are using this particular feature, um, it has the, um, the option for a multi-metric table. Um, and that section is like right in this area over here. So once you get in there, you hit that compare, then in this area, you can look at it like it is, you can get information from that too. Um, but for other things, you're gonna need to change it here from this drop down to multi-metric table. And that's where you can like, they stack on top of each other and you can see like, you know, um, uh, really everything it is that you're trying to see, um, uh, most things that you're trying to see at that, at that time. Uh, let's see here. Let me take that back to normal screen size. So there you go. So it's that next step that you have trouble with. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, um, the the place where you might be getting caught up is is changing it to the multi-metric table um, and seeing that information. So when you compare the two, um, then it's just it's going to show you the results, you know, from both from both of them. So um, you'll be able to see the lines, you know, going across and all that for the line chart. But um, but if you want to see like, you know, the, the click through rate stacked and the impressions and you know, all that stuff, and you just want to see those stacks, then um, when you change it to that multi-metric table, it allows you to do that. And then you can also click on that blue um, icon with the plus on it. And that blue icon um, will also allow you to add like a bunch more, um, you know, things to it based on, you know, what you might be, you know, trying to figure out there getting the videos into the groups easily. So if it's recent content, it's easy um, because then you just scroll through and then you pick the videos that you want. If it's old content, and I had to do this with um, with uh, my news stuff. So um, yesterday I shared a tweet. I ended up taking it down. I shared it on Twitter and I shared it on Reddit, letting people know that um, the news segment that I do on Friday, basically the whole thing that I did, um, just a quick rant here. So basically I was sharing information as in hopes that it would encourage content creators to think about what it is that they're doing with their content and look for opportunities that they might have to put in just a little bit of effort, but then also get a nice return on that effort. So that was the intention of this share. But I shared it yesterday, and I think Jerry, you interacted with it on Twitter, but, um, but basically, um, I just shared that that series, since I started it 10 months ago, has added um, a million views, over a million views to the channel, and it's added over $10,000 in ad revenue to the channel as well. And um, those two things, it wasn't like a flex or anything like that. It was just letting people know, like, if you have something that you're already doing privately, like in my case, keeping up with, you know, the changes of YouTube and all that, if you have something that you're already doing privately, if you do, as it relates to your content, if you do it publicly on your channel, then in that case, you know, it could over time, you know, end up adding up to a lot of views and, you know, just giving yourself a raise, you know, financially. So um, that was the message. But when I shared it on Reddit, this person came in there, they like downvoted me and they were like, you know, I don't get what you're trying to say here. It looks like you're just trying to flex how much you're making and this, that and the other thing. So I was like, okay, uh, maybe I said it wrong, whatever. So I just deleted that post, came over to Twitter, deleted that one because I don't want that, you know, I don't want that to be the message because that's not what I'm trying to do. But uh, but when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, that information, 
information. The reason I was able to compile that is because, um, you know, using the grouping feature, I can go in there. Let, let me see if I can get in here and I can actually just show this to you. And let me see if I can just hide because there's certain things like we're not supposed to do um, on YouTube, like showing like CPM information and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I just have to make sure that I'm not showing anything like that, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that I'm, that I'm going to, but just let me check here really quick. And then um, if not, then I can, then I can show you exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about and, and kind of, you know, how you can use this. Um, let's see here. There's the news. Oh yeah. And adding the videos. So the thing that I was talking about there that kind of led me into that rant is um, when it came to those videos, like I hit the limit in terms of recent content. So I had to go in and uh, one of the options when you're adding things is they give you the options. You know, I can just go in and delete the, the revenue stuff. Let me do that. Hide metric. Um, okay. And then I'm just gonna put compare to, and then I'll just add another group for fun. Um, we'll just do and live comp, even though it doesn't have the same amount of videos. If I do this, it's going to bring that back. Did it take it out of there too? It did. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so here we go. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you here real quick. So, um, so basically, let me take this out too for competitors that might sneak in here and watch this. Okay, so um, let's see here. So let me just take both of these to like, let's say like the last 365 days, just so we can have that reference. All right, so basically what you can do uh, with this feature here is you can go in and you can say, um, well, and just as a heads up, Jerry, this right here, this area here is where I changed this to the uh, multi-metric table. Um, and then that allows me to kind of stack these up right um, there. But basically, uh, let me go out of this. So what you can see up here at the very top is you can see the blue. See how there's this blue line up here. And this is for everybody here. You can do everybody here has access to this, even if you're a new content creator. Um, and this you can add videos in here and this will allow you to uh, be able to, you know, just kind of look and see what's working. And, you know, like if you do like a series or something like that, like with my news, um, it just gives you like an idea of how they perform in total as a set. Um, you can also use this for testing, like calls to action, subscriber conversions, things like that, based on different things you say or doing your videos. Um, but anyway, the blue up here, um, that's for the YouTuber news. The purple is for uh, this show that you're watching right now. Um, and as you go down in here, you can see um, like over the last year, the Nimmin Live right here, um, it hasn't gotten, you know, it's only gotten like 245,000 views, whereas the news has gotten over a million views, right? So keep in mind, this has less videos in it right now. Um, I think the Nimmin Live only has like 28 videos in it. This one has like 40 um, something. But just as a quick, you know, glance, I'm just telling you like what you can use this for, not necessarily this direct comparison. Um, but anyway, you can see that this one has like, you know, a million views compared to this one having, you know, um, 245,000. You can see the watch time difference. So even though this one has like a quarter of the views, um, even though Nimmin Live has a quarter of the views, because it's so long, because it's three hours long, I'm collecting a lot more watch time um, in total. So I've got, you know, like not half, but, you know, uh, you know, like almost half of the videos in comparison, but I'm still beating the news and watch time just because it's longer. 
um, I can see here that I'm positive 142 subscribers, which is, you know, always shocking because you can see here how much I, you know, bleed subscribers out of these. Um, but I've got 142 positive subscribers on the Nimmin Live. And I have um, 13,000 subscribers that I've generated from the YouTuber news um, segment. You can see the impression difference where the new YouTuber news gets a lot more impressions because people respond to those better, shorter content, easy to consume, all that. Um, but you can see right here, like when you are looking at this graph, if I was being strategic with my channel and I was like, okay, I'm trying to focus only on the things that are, that are actively growing the channel, then what I would do is I would use this information here and I would say, you know what? This news, or the, not this news, this news segment's a winner, like people are responding well to this, but this, this Nimmin Live thing that I'm doing where I'm answering questions, if my only goal was to grow the YouTube channel, then, then I would kill this series because, you know, this series right here massively just un underperforms compared to everything else. So it wins in watch time, but in terms of everything else, you know, it, it just, you know, it's, it's not that great. So um, because of that, you know, you can use this to help you navigate the the series that you're doing that are working and not working so if you have like a format you're like hey let me do this vlog style for like 10 videos and then compare that to like 10 videos um where i did it um in another you know in another way another format then in that case this would give you information like which one generated more watch time which one do people subscribe to more which one do people like more because this little icon right here you can click on this and you can add can you see that in the screen yeah so you can click on this and you can add all kinds of additional information you can add for everybody that doesn't know about this, like this thing here is, is huge. But basically, um, you can see average percentage viewed here. You can see impressions click through rate. You can see how many times they've been shown in feed for shorts. You can see unique viewers, average views per viewer, new viewers, returning viewers. Like there's so much information that you can pull from here that helps you just better understand exactly what's happening with your content and how people are responding to your content. Like this is why it's so important to make sure that, you know, that you are using this and that you are paying attention because, you know, this type of information is how you can, you know, is how you can really, you know, make things move. But like, um, if I was like, hey, the only thing I care about right now is growing my YouTube channel, then I wouldn't even do this um, live stream. But I love live streaming and I love doing this particular live stream. And I love being able to answer people's questions and help them solve problems. So the benefit that I get from doing this isn't necessarily channel growth, but it is, you know, that that being able to add, you know, that type of value. And, um, and then of course, you know, it, it does well in watch time as well. Um, but you know, those, that particular graph though, or that particular tool, the um, grouping tool can really help you, uh, you know, really help you, uh, you know, fine tune the content that you're putting out um, to, you know, serve your viewers in the best way that you can. Um, it's so unfortunate, Nick, um, these live streams are so valuable. It's just hard to understand why the live stream would be hurting your channel. Well, it's not that it hurts, like it, it adds too. So like, like, um, you know, to be clear, um, it's not like it, the thing that I was trying to say is if I was focused only on channel growth, right? Because this live stream does help in other ways too. Like, for example, I sit here for three hours and I, I just answer questions. So that, you know, demonstrates to people that I know, you know, the stuff. And that has also led to other opportunities, right? It's gotten me onto like stages and, you know, things like that at, at conferences and that sort of thing. Because, you know, somebody that does that type of thing, um, they can sit in here for one 
session. They can sit in here for 20 minutes and they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, this person's probably a good person to get up there and talk because one, they can, you know, communicate to, you know, all these questions that are just coming to them on the fly. They're able to, you know, navigate these questions. So, you know, because of that, if they can, you know, do that on a stage and they'd probably be, you know, a good person for that. So, um, so, you know, there's been other benefits that have come for this too. But if I was focused on growth, right, if I was in that season, I was like, hey, I'm just trying to grow the channel. It's all I care about. Um, then in that case, then, then this series, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be something. Um, and if I didn't love live streaming, because <laughs> I love streaming too. Like um, for me, I, I look forward to doing these most of the time. Um, you know, I'm human. So sometimes I'm like, you know, oh, I'm just not feeling that great today or low energy or whatever the thing is, or had too much sugar earlier in the day. So because of that, I'm like crashed by the time the stream comes or whatever. But, um, but you know, most of the time I actually look forward to, uh, to doing these. Um, let's see here. Um, so next up on the list, Hey Daniel, my pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah. We try to make sure that, um, that, you know, that all of the comments here, um, are, you know, at least hearted, but you know, when, when, you know, you took the time to, um, you know, comment on that video, um, you know, for, you know, for me, um, you know, it, it's the right thing to do to, um, you know, to reply, you know, back or at least give it a heart or, you know, something like that. But like in your particular case, um, I know you were like, hey, this video is like four years old and it's got like 35, you know, thousand views on it or whatever. Um, I know exactly, you know, the comment that you uh, that you're talking about, because I, I recognize your name because it, it looks funny. <laughs> so, uh, so, so there's that. But um, insane McLean. Um, thank you for the uh, super chat. So actually, we have two here. We have uh, Zoe Vod. Um, Zoe Vod says, thanks to your videos. I got one of my videos to 25,000 views. Thanks, man. Um, channel is Synthetic Oddities. Um, if you care, um, it's somewhat experimental. Congratulations to you um, on that and for getting the uh, 25,000 views. That's awesome. Love those. Next, Insane McLean says, hey, Nick, it's been a minute since I uh, supported. Just wanted to send a pizza and coffee your way. Um, and that thing you do where you shrink yourself and share the screen, is that an option in StreamYard or is that another program? Yeah, that's that's StreamYard. So um, so basically when I'm when I'm sharing the screen, um, they just have this little present option and I can just click share screen. Um, um, and then that allows me to share whatever screen uh, that I want to share um, or a very specific window. If I only wanted to show like one window or something like that, um, you can share you know, any of that stuff. Um, <laughs> little crafty nook says you low energy. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, at least from, you know, like it, like, uh, uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> uh, next up we have, uh, let's see here. We talked to Jerry already. So now we've got, uh, nah is the name of the channel here. The type of channel. Oh no, sorry. First place printing. Um, the type of channels for promoting their printing company, the goal of the channels to show what products and services that they provide. Um, they do some things that others don't, and it feels like not enough people know what we provide. And the question is, how can I target, um, teachers and school sport coaches to show, um, for them, you got to figure out what type of content that they are likely to watch um, and get in front of them that way. So, um, in your case, you might be better just like running ads or something, or if you're trying to do it, you know, through making content yourself, um, then in that particular case, trying to make something that served teachers, um, and coaches and, you know, school sport coaches in some way, and then mention your, uh, your printing stuff there. Um, other things that you can do is if there are very specific search terms that people looking for your product or service would be typing into YouTube search in order to find information about what it is that you do, making sure that you do you have um, search optimized videos um, and that you make them as good as you possibly can so that when people are looking for your type of content or you know your 
type of service that your videos is one of the videos that shows up in the YouTube search results to help people find you. And if your videos are good and they show up there, um, they can also get tested on Google and other textual search engines. And if people also respond to them there, you can also use that same video to pull traffic from YouTube search, Google search, Bing, um, and any other you know text-based uh, search engine. AI is probably going to break that and all in like chat GPT and you know, the other chat services. But for now, um, that's something that we can still tap into. Scott, what's going on, man? Hope that you're on fantastic. He's like Nick's the OG <laughs> on Elba channels grow. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, just just that the, the transition, you know, it's great. So um, let's see here. So uh, one guy bought games. Um, they do gaming content. The goal is to grow my channel and get sponsors. And the question is, hey, Nick, I own car driving. I own a car driving games YouTube channel named one guy bought. My channel is a faceless channel and voiceless. By this, how can I get sponsors? So if you get sponsors, um, you're probably going to have a, a hard time. Like it's really going to come down to like if you have a super highly engaged audience, um, then in that case, you know, it's going to, you know, open you up a bit um, for sponsors because they look for engagement. But they also do look for, you know, personality because they want that connection with the creator. Like the the whole thing with influencer marketing is companies leverage people's, uh, you know, relationship with that content creator and they use that relationship to kind of endorse their products through the trust that that content creator has already built up. So if you don't have any type of personality things that people can connect to, it makes it more difficult for those types of things to happen, right? And if you also don't say anything or you don't show anything in your videos besides the gameplay, um, that also makes it to where if you do talk about their content, what it is that they're doing, or not their content, but their product or service, then in that particular case, um, you're not gonna be able to talk about it, right? So if you do like a like a 30 second spot or a 60 second spot in, in one of your videos, um, you just can't do that spot um, to where people can hear it, even if they're not watching, if they're listening to it in the background or something. So then in that case, the company that would be working with you, they would be risking um, to where the people have to be directly staring at your screen in order to see any text or graphics or whatever you put on screen to uh, demonstrate that product. Welcome to the Niminati. Daniel Rubin, welcome to the Niminati. Uh, make sure when you get the chance, um, this is gonna be difficult. I forgot to do this redirect because we're not gonna be using Members Amp anymore. Um, just as a heads up for everybody that's um, connected over there, we're actually gonna close that down. Um, we had a really hard time getting a lot of the channel members to actually go over and participate in that, which showed a huge red flag for us. So because of that, we're gonna shut it down. Um, so um, uh, I want you to go to the Facebook group, it, Daniel, if you are a, um, you know, if you care to do that, um, it's part of the membership. Um, but what I want you to do here, I'll just drop the link in here. This will be the easier way to do it. Give me, give me one second. Um, groups. So, and I hope this doesn't cause a flood of people going and trying to get in here, but, um, but Daniel, what you want to do is you want to go to this link um, that I just put here and fill out all the information on the way in. Um, if you care to join the Facebook group, fill out all the information on the way in. That's how I verify that you're a member. Um, if you can do that before the stream is complete, I can let you in there uh, when, the, when the stream is done today. Um, but that Facebook link is only for channel members, not subscribers. It's for people like Daniel that are um, that are members of the channel. We have a free Facebook group as well um, called like YouTube and Video Tips, I think it is. Um, I'm not active in that one. I don't look at that one that often, um, but 
that is another group that we do have. So if you do, if you are looking for a Facebook group, you can join that one. Um, but really, because we don't really, we're, we're not like, um, we don't do much with that one. So I recommend um, um, uh, YouTube Creators is a really good one. Um, Tom Nash is behind that one. Um, Video Makers and Marketers, which I think was changed to um, Creators Helping Creators or something like that. That one's by Daryl Leaves. That's a great group. Brian G. Johnson's Tube Ritual is also um, another great group. Jessica Hash has one as well, but I can't remember the name of hers, but you can find that you know through one of the other groups. Um, but those are great like free uh, free groups as well on Facebook. Um, so the name of the channel here for our next question is Be Creative. Um, they do gaming shorts channel. The goal is to have fun. And the question is, is it a good idea to only create shorts videos or can I do long form videos without hurting my channel? You can absolutely do long form and short form videos on your YouTube channel. Um, that is perfectly fine. You're going to see mixed information about that. In fact, so, um, uh, so you have two people um, that uh, um, just put out information like within the last couple of days. Um, one person is sharing their experience on uploading, you know, a bunch of shorts over time over the last 30 days, and they had a positive outcome. And then you have another person that uploaded shorts, um, just kind of, you know, not as aggressively, but they had a bad outcome. And, um, in their particular video, they're saying like, don't use shorts and they're talking about how they're deleting them. And then in, in the other video, they're talking about like, Hey, this worked out, you know, got a positive, you know, all that good stuff. And they have, you know, all the data there to, you know, kind of share with you as well. Um, so when it comes to that, um, you know, with your type of content, one of the things that you want to, you know, make sure that you're considering is, um, you know, like if you're doing really well in shorts, just make sure that, you know, when you start putting the long form content together, just make sure that you're like, okay, this is in alignment with what it is that I'm doing on shorts. And the reason that you wanna do that is because YouTube is currently in the process of you know building the bridges between short form and long form content. So you need to make sure that if people do subscribe to your channel and they're interacting with your content, or maybe they even explore your channel page um, from the short shelf, you wanna make sure that anything they see in the long form content is also in alignment with you know what it is that you're doing with the channel or what it is that they care about so that you can, um, you know, so that you can make sure that that you know everything kind of matches up for that particular audience. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list is Vile Vault. Vile Vault does documentary videos. The goal of the channel is to create engaging documentary videos that creates awareness and educates people. Educates people. The question is, um, how do I know what to look at when a video does bad as a small YouTuber, except thumbnail? Analytics are not so accurate, especially as a small YouTuber. They are, actually. Um, analytics are extremely accurate. You just have to make sure you're factoring in the impressions that you're getting. So like, for example, if you get, if you get 20 uh, you know, views on a video, you don't have, you don't have much to work with. Um, if you get a hundred views on a video, then you're starting to get, you know, a little bit more, you know, information as long as that, as long as that 100 views is organic. Um, if it's like, hey, I'm sharing this in like a Facebook group and that's where my 100 views come from, not so much. If you're like sharing this on Reddit and that's where my 100 views come from, not so much. But if you publish a video to YouTube, you get 100 on-platform views, then that starts giving you some information that you can work with and then you build from there. But keep in mind, if you only have 100 views, you don't have a lot of impressions. So because of that, your stats are likely to be inflated. And if they're not, then in that case, you really gotta you know dig in. But, um, but some really cool features that YouTube has, um, even you know, small content creators or new content creators can use this, is in your YouTube analytics, 
you have the option to go into your audience retention reports and you can look to see, you know, second by second, how people are responding to your videos. But then they also have a section that's called compared to other videos. And you select that from the dropdown. Now with that particular dropdown, when you change it from um, absolute, you know, retention and you change it to compared to other videos, it's going to show you how your video compares to other videos of similar length on the platform, which is really cool. Because then if you're like, hey, everything is underperforming compared to everybody else, then that tells you that you have work to do. If you find that you're overperforming, then that's like, hey, this is great because now, you know, like I'm, I'm doing okay. So maybe I need to work on getting people to click or maybe this video just needs some time and then it'll end up doing okay, you know, over time because people are responding to it. You know, I am being competitive compared to, you know, how I'm ranking against other videos on the platform. Um, and then it also has another section as well um, that shows you more detailed data on exactly where people are entering and exiting the video, which is also really helpful. Elizabeth Dow and Muscle Cars for Sale. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure uh, when you get the chance, I'm going to drop that same link um, right here again for you. Um, go to that Facebook group and make sure you just fill out all the information on the way in. I just dropped the link um, just now. So just fill out all that information on the way in. And if you can do that before the stream is over today, um, I'll get you in there as soon as the uh, as soon as the stream is uh, is complete. No, that's not it. Where is it? Right there. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's see here. So next up on the uh, list here, we did Vile Vault. So next up here, we've got a printed world. A printed world says they do a 3D printing channel. The goal of the channel is to provide interesting stories and news about 3D printing. Um, the question is, a company did a video um, about, I did a video about, liked it and paid for YouTube ads on that video. Views tripled and the retention plummeted, which I understand. Uh, my question is, do the people who view that video through ads also get my other videos recommended to them? So if they come in and they interact with the content and they enjoyed the content, and let's say they gave it a thumbs up or let's say they subscribed to your channel, something like that, um, then in that case, like if they're engaging, then um, then YouTube might show your videos to them. Um, if they hit the video and then they bounce back out of that video, um, then that shows YouTube that you know they, they weren't into whatever was happening there. Um, so in that particular case, then they're less likely to see the videos. Great question though. Brandon's Recovery TV. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Same thing with you. Um, just make sure that you um, go into that same link up there. It's just a couple of comments above yours. Um, just go into there and fill out, you know, all the information on the way in. Because how that works is I look there and then I look at the channel and I just make sure that, you know, everybody that's, that's you know, requesting access um, is an actual channel member. So just make sure that you fill that out. Oh, your son does 3D printing. That's cool. Uh, Zoe, Zoe Void says, um, my video got 25,000. Once I hit it, um, the views slowed to like a hundred per day. Is there something significant about the 25,000 number? No. Um, basically what happens is when you publish your videos, YouTube shows them to like different bands of people. So like, for example, when you first publish your video, the people that are seeing it are the most likely to engage with it. So it's people typically, it's typically people that have recently interacted with your content and enjoyed it. Um, and then from there, um, it goes out to another group of people those are people that are like likely to enjoy it but they're just not as a perfect fit as that initial core group and then it just keeps expanding right through all these different groups um and what happens is is you know sometimes you'll hit a threshold to where like in your case it was like twenty five thousand views where like people enjoyed it to like that group but then after that it just wasn't getting that same response when tested against additional groups and when that sort of thing happens then it then basically it'll cause the video to kind of slow down um essentially um with that video you'll still most likely 
likely. I mean, you're still getting 100 views per day. So you'll still continue getting views on that over time because people obviously, you know, found it a quality piece of content. So you'll continue getting views on that over time. Um, right now, it's 100 per day. It might, you know, jump back up to, you know, more. It might fall down to less or whatever. But as long as people enjoyed that video, it'll continue getting views over time. So, so you've done a good thing. <laughs> so what you want to do next is you want to actually dig into that video. So what you want to do is you want to go in, you want to say like, okay, how did I start this video? Um, you know, five seconds in, what was I doing? 10 seconds in, what was I doing? 20 seconds in, what was happening on the screen? How long was, you know, was their voice? How long was their music for? How long, you know, was every single switch that I was having? Um, you know, just, just start looking at all the details. What, what is it that I said? Why do I think people responded to that when, you know, they first came into the video? Or what was I showing when they first came into the video? Why do I pe think people responded to that? And you run it, just analyze every single thing you can about that video. And then you want to start applying all of your theories that you come up with to new content so you can test those theories so that you can so you can um you know prove that the things that you're coming up with are are true or not and the things that are true are going to help you move you forward and the things that just don't work out those are things that you just came up with that you know that you were incorrect about um so you you can use that video as a guide for the future content that you publish um you got to consider other things too like you know timing you know those types of things also matter um but you know use that as a guide because people really responded well to that. Um, and that shows you what a what a, you know, a good performing video on your channel looks like. And then from there, once you can start doing that consistently, then you'll start, you know, getting consistent, you know, higher views. And then from there, really digging in and, you know, learning how to, you know, serve them even better, you know, we'll, we'll keep it going higher and higher. Nigel, what's up, dude? Hope you are doing fantastic. So um, Daniel Rubin says, choosing the latest training topic is safe. So um, I'm actually gonna go into the comments here for, for, for a little bit here and answer some questions here. Cause I meant to do that earlier in the stream, but I'm gonna go ahead and just do it now. Um, so let's see here. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna use StreamYard for this here. So uh, let me close this. Says choosing latest trends topic um, is safe, my thoughts. So yeah, so it can be as long as it's in alignment with the content that you put out. So like, for example, if you're like a gaming channel and like Call of Duty, they just put out, you know, some new thing or there's some buzz around something that's coming, something like that. Making a video, talking about it, sharing your opinions about it, you know, if it hasn't dropped yet, um, you know, then that helps you hop on that trend. Once it drops, if you happen to get an early copy or something like that, then having content already already like ready and ready to go um when you you know um uh 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 in order to you know hop on that trend um that's definitely you know something that can be you know advantageous but if it's not related so like let's say for example you make videos about call call of duty but you're going to hop on a trend of some celebrity that has nothing to do with call of duty or anybody that plays call of duty wouldn't even know who that person is um then in that case that's where trends can work against you but if you just go to trends.google.com, it's a great way to see things that are on the rise, um, look for breakouts, um, look for, you know, specific language that people use um, when they're thinking about your type of content, all kinds of really helpful things that can be used for. Um, let's see here. How can I, oh, hold on. We just dropped that one. So uh, thank you for the super, super chat. Zoe Void says, um, according to feedback, people really love my thumbnails. Here's a tip for the advice. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Um, so when it comes to your thumbnails, like um, just keep in mind, like, you know, the feedback. I don't know if you guys hear that or not, but it's raining. It just started like severely raining here. I don't know if you hear that or not. Uh, so soothing. I love it, but it gets loud. But um, anyway, so when it comes to, um, let's see here, your thumbnails. 
So people taking feedback um, from people that are interacting with your content, super important, but you always wanna rely on the data when you're making you know, those types of decisions about your thumbnails and stuff. You wanna look at the impressions that you're getting. You wanna look at the click-through rate compared to the impressions, and you wanna look at the click-through rate compared to impressions on all the different traffic sources. And you also wanna look at how those impressions and the clicks led to watch time. So the whole idea is you wanna make sure that the thumbnails that you're using are generating as much watch time as possible. That's what you wanna go for. And, and the whole idea there is like, if you just focus on the, if you just focus on the click-through rate by itself with no additional context, you don't care about watch time, anything like that, then in that case, it would be really easy to just make clickbaity thumbnails, right? And then once they hit the video, you're not meeting their expectation and then they can bail. But if you are focused on like, okay, which thumbnails are generating the most watch time, then in that particular case, it's like, okay, um, if I have this thumbnail and when people click on this, they watch the video for like double the amount of time that they watch, you know, with the other, you know, with, with another thumbnail, then in that particular case, that particular thumbnail is actually helping the viewers to have a more uh, satisfactory experience, which ultimately is what YouTube is going for in the first place. Um, so, you know, when it comes to your thumbnails, you want to make sure you're looking at all those things. Uh, let's see here. Yes, yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna answer these uh, out of the out of the chat here. So if you have a question, just put a Q in front of your question. That's how I'm gonna identify um, that it is for me, and um, uh, and then we're, we're just gonna start busting through some of these here, and we're just gonna do like a long lightning round. Seawolf <laughs> says, uh, with all my videos, I get 1,400 subs on my shorts, and then they just stop, even though other traffic coming in from promoting it on Facebook is this normal? So um, if you are promoting any content on Facebook, okay. So first. So you're getting 1400 views on your shorts and then they stop even when you have traffic coming in from other platforms. So the same exact thing that I talked about in terms of your content going out in groups, that applies to shorts as well. So that's why you know people will hit these thresholds um, when it comes to YouTube shorts because your content is going out to these different groups. And like, that's kind of, you know, like as far as you get with people, you like, you know, really enjoying it compared to the other things when it starts going out to more general audiences. Um, in terms of, the traffic coming in from promoting it on Facebook. What I recommend you do for everybody here, if you are, and I'm actually just gonna show you this really quick so you can see exactly what I mean. Um, and I'm just gonna make sure, of course, that, uh, that it doesn't see anything. So this will be the second time going into stats today. So what you can do um, is when you find a video, and I'm just gonna do this at the channel level, I'll just tell you. So basically when you are sharing your content outs like Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, those types of places, if you go into the video in question and you go into the it, analytics for that video, and then when you're in that quick view of your analytics, you click on advanced mode. Once you click on that, then you're gonna see the second tab over is going to be traffic sources. If you click on that and feel free to you know watch this back on the replay right now, we're at the two hour and 17 mark, um, but feel free to watch this back on the replay later if you need to walk through this again. But you want to, um, after you click on that um, uh, advanced mode, you wanna look for the traffic sources. Once you are in the traffic sources, the next thing that you wanna do is you want to um, look for external. Now, when you see external because you're going to see like browse you're going to see suggested you're going to see channel pages you're going to see search you're going to see all that but you want to look for external when you see external um, from there you want to click into that now if it's not clickable then you need to change your date range from like since published to since uploaded but when you make that change it's going to turn it blue which means you can then click on it and then when you click on it or you can set the specific date range whatever um, and then when you click on that then you're going to see exactly where your external traffic is coming from so in your case you would make sure that you track it to facebook 
Facebook. And then when you're looking at Facebook, you're going to see the watch time generated from people coming from Facebook. You're gonna see the average percentage viewed. So you're gonna be able to see when people come in from Facebook, this is how long they typically stick around in the videos. And that's going to quickly tell you if you're wasting your time sharing your videos there or not. Because one thing that can happen that makes content creators feel good, but it doesn't necessarily do anything, is they'll share their content in like, let's say Facebook groups, and they'll check their analytics and they'll be like, wow, when people come in from Facebook, they're watching my videos for like 10 seconds and they're leaving. So you're seeing view counts increase, or we'll say, you know, 20 seconds, you're, you're seeing view counts increase. And since you're seeing view counts increase, you're thinking, and I'm not saying this is your case, I'm just letting you know, you know, like in general, what happens with creators. They see the view counts increasing and they're thinking, oh, this is great, you know, this is working, I'm sharing my content, people are coming in and watching, but what they are not keeping track of is that those shares are pretty much useless because a majority of the people coming in aren't watching the videos for a long period of time because they're on Facebook because they wanna be on Facebook and not on YouTube, right? So of course, you're gonna have some people come over, they'll watch the whole thing or whatever, but you just wanna make sure you're paying attention to those types of things to make sure that your efforts are not being wasted um, in the different places that you're sharing your content. Really great, great question though. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going here, um, oh, you do hear it. Yeah, yeah, it is bucketing down. It was, it was raining so hard. I think it was yesterday. Um, it was raining so hard that, uh, when I looked outside, like I couldn't see like 10 feet in front of me. Um, like it was, it was really coming down yesterday. We're just coming into rain season where I'm at. Um, so we get rains like this, uh, all the time. It's great. And it comes down just super, super hard. Yeah, the roof that I have, um, Ed, yeah, it is one of those, it's like a metal, you know, type of roof. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it's made of, but it's like one of those. Um, it's not like shingles and, 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 and that sort of thing or tiles or, you know, those options. Um, let's see here, make new video ideas hard for my channel. Just looking for uh, El Jefe, my man, what's going on, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Got some interesting news uh, for you and the squad. I don't know if you've, uh, if you know yet or not, but uh, interesting news about some conversations I'm having there. Super exciting. Uh, let's see here. Uh, looking for cues. There we go. Lightning round. Um, looking for cue, looking for cue, looking for cue. Am I alone? And this is for Diane Dobson Barton Arts. Is am I alone in that views and subs are dropping off the last few weeks? So um, one thing to keep in mind is that YouTube does have seasonality to it in terms of like, you know, there's certain periods of time where, you know, people are just inside more, um, you know, depending on the audiences that you're reaching, where they are in the world, that kind of stuff. Um, but there's, you know, different times um, in the world where, you know, different places have different, you know, holidays and they take time off. And sometimes that can cause views to go down or up. There's events that happen, sporting events, things like that, that can cause, you know, views to go up and down. There's world events that can cause views to go up and down based on people being glued to like news and instead of just watching content creators, those types of things. Um, so there's all types of like seasonality is what it's called to YouTube to where, you know, to where, you know, channel views and things like that can fluctuate. Um, some channels like here, you say, am I alone that views and subs are dropping off the last few weeks? There's probably gonna be some people here in the chat that would say like, yeah, absolutely it dropped off on mine the last few weeks. And then you're gonna have other people in the chat that are gonna be like, nope, I've actually, you know, done way better in the last few weeks than I was doing previously. Um, and that's just because of, you know, how things kind of work on YouTube and with the content that you're putting out and the audiences that are interacting with it and so on. So what you're going through right now is normal, but um, but I would definitely just look at the actual video performance itself because um, when it comes to the video performance, like as long as people are enjoying the content, then it'll continue to do fine over time. Even when you have those lulls, like it can come back. So, you know, as long as you're like uploading on a regular basis and you're putting out content that people enjoy and all that, you'll be fine.
Um, let's see here. Did something change with the shorts algorithm recently? My video, my shorts views have been down last week. Um, so I don't work at YouTube um, on their algorithm, so I'm not sure. Um, in terms of, you know, people reporting, you know, changes to YouTube shorts, people have been reporting that since shorts came out. And it's kind of a similar scenario like um, Diane's question a second ago. Um, but like when it comes to like algorithm changes, you'll see people on YouTube, like you'll see YouTube videos, YouTube changed their algorithm. Well, they don't know that, right? Like um, the, the only people that know when that happens is, you know, the people that work at YouTube. Um, but when it comes to YouTube's algorithms, um, what's actually happening is they are changing like all the time in real time. So basically the, the whole system is analyzing everything that's happening on the platform at any given moment in time. They're analyzing all the different things that people are enjoying at any given moment in time. And then the system is constantly just, you know, tweaking um, to, you know, to put the right videos in front of the right people at the right time. 24 hours a day, seven days a week without holidays, without breaks, <laughs> you know, like they're just, it's just constantly, you know, being fine tuned. Um, so, you know, because of that, you know, it causes fluctuations all the time. So, you know, like sometimes it'll be like, wow, I'm like suddenly like in this period of time where I'm just like thriving like crazy. And then, you know, you'll have another period of time where it's like, you know, hey, I'm doing great, but, uh, but it's just not as good as I, you know, was doing. And sometimes, you know, it comes down to maybe who, you know, has been interacting with your content recently. Um, in other cases, it comes down to, you know, just you making a subtle, you know, difference in something it is that you're doing with your content. Um, maybe, you know, you miss some uploads, you know, things like that. Um, but there's all kinds of different variables involved. Um, so like when you see people say like, unless it's coming from a YouTube employee, when it's like, hey, the YouTube algorithm changed last week, don't even click on those videos because um, the you know like people, the people at YouTube know that, but uh, but but you know everybody else doesn't. Now, with that said, if somebody like Mr. Beast who has you know a handful of YouTube channels that just get crushed with views where they can track things in real time, if they say something like that, then maybe listen to them. Um, but when it comes to uh, you know just just people that are getting you know regular views on their content um, uh, and they're not doing it at scale across genres with you know a bunch of different highly you know successful channels um, then they, they they really don't know and even in that case um, you know they might only know for the genre of content that they're operating in or they might even just notice a change they might they won't even know that anything happened with, with the algorithm they'll just notice that there was a change Ross Neum says if I can't post videos regularly Am I best to wait until I have three ready and release them three weeks in a row or just release them when they're ready um, get a cadence together um, if you can and the reason you want a cadence and upload cadence is because when you are publishing videos, you wanna make sure that you can follow that video up and you can follow that video up. But you also wanna make sure that you work the process of creating and publishing content into your lifestyle. And if you can, you know, get that consistency down, then you'll be able to make videos until you don't wanna do it anymore. But if you're like, I'm just gonna do this like little spurt and then publish videos and then I'll publish more when I get around to it, um, then you might, depending on how people respond to your videos and how quickly you can learn from the videos, you know, when you're putting out limited content like that, um, you know, it might take you, you know, a little bit longer to, uh, you know, to get rolling in that case. Let's see here. Brandon says, uh, when will you be doing another stream on Tube Spanner? Um, that's going to be Tuesday, I think, for that particular stream. Um, so basically this coming this coming week um, for live streaming, I was actually gonna do a, a member one um, this week, but I pushed it off till next week. So I'm doing a Tube Spanner stream next week. I'm doing a monetization stream on this channel next week. And I'm, um, I'm doing a channel member stream next week as well. So um, next week's gonna be pretty fun. I'm also doing a, uh, my new segment as usual. And then I'll also be here um, on Friday, plus publishing some videos. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun week. I'm getting the machine oiled up. 
Oh, okay, so uh, next up, uh, as we keep going here, looking for those cues, is it bad practice to have a short shorter than 30 seconds, e even if it's a one-off short? As long as people enjoy it, then it's fine. Um, so, you know, they have the 15 second option on YouTube for a reason. Um, so you're perfectly fine putting out, you know, shorter shorts as well. Um, let's see here. Daniel, thank you for the compliments on the studio. I appreciate it. Um, how can I get a lot of views if I'm talking through a whole video? Um, tell stories. Um, if you tell stories, like, you know, like I don't really tell stories in my content. Um, that's something that I'm trying to learn how to do better because that's just not my, you know, it's not my wheelhouse. So it's something I'm trying to, you know, learn as well. Um, but in mine, my content's more just like, hey, you want to know how to do this? This is how you do it, right? Um, but storytelling is definitely effective. And especially if you're just going to be on camera talking and there's nothing else going on, um, then learning, you know, the, the basics of storytelling and, you know, advanced storytelling as well um, is definitely what you want to look into. And then if your content type allows for it, which it probably does, it, not every content type does, but, you know, if you're sitting there talking to a camera, it probably does. Um, you know, you, you can, you know, use storytelling to, um, to, you know, get people engaged in the conversation. And then they'll be more likely to, you know, hang out and listen because they, you know, one, we'll get through it without even really noticing, but two, um, they'll want to stick around to hear the conclusion of what's going on. How can I grow my channel with football niche? Um, basically, when football season comes around, um, I would be definitely be really aggressive at that point in time. So basically, I'd put out content on a regular basis when football season isn't on, just so you have an archive to you know give to people once football season is on and people are more interested in that. I would hop on Google Trends and I would look to see when football season, you know, when people are getting the most interested in that. Make sure that you're kind of ramping up right along with that. Um, in addition to that, um, make sure that the content that you're putting out is good. Make sure that you have football imagery in your thumbnail so that people that are on YouTube that are interacting with football, you know, videos, basically, you know, YouTube is going to be recommending your content to them. So you want to make it as easy for them to identify as possible that your videos have something to do with football. And then of course, compelling titles, once they get into the video, learning how to get them to, you know, continue watching and all that is definitely something that, uh, that you want to do. But just as a heads up though, there's not like a shortcut, like you have to learn how to get people to click, learn how to get them to identify your content, learn how to, you know, create that good viewing experience for them. Um, you might be able to do that already. Um, if not, then, you know, then, you know, you'll go into that learning process and, um, and you'll just learn how to do it over time as you continue to produce content. Um, next up, we've got SAS Magus says, um, this one I've really wanted to know, would going live on my YouTube channel cause my channel issues because there would be way less views and the percentage of video watched will be lower? No. Um, so the only time live streaming causes issues on YouTube channels is if you're, the stream that you're offering um, doesn't provide value to the target audience um, in a similar way. Um, if you're doing them consistently in a similar way than that your video content does. So like, for example, since I talk about YouTube and I teach people about YouTube, I can do this stream and I can just sit here and answer questions and all that. And, um, and you know, it's all related to, you know, YouTube stuff. We'll go offline, you know, um, or, all, you know, out there a little bit sometimes, but, you know, most of the conversation is still based on what it is that I do in my videos. Um, so, you know, when it comes to you, as long as it's in alignment with what it is that you're currently doing on the channel and the value that you can give people, even if it's a different value, it's still for that same audience, um, then, you know, then you should be fine. Um, but also, you know, you have to go through the process as well. Make sure that, you know, they can see everything, they can hear everything, make sure your internet's stable, make sure that you do have some type of structure or flow to your live stream, um, just so that when somebody comes in, they can, you know, that, that it, it makes sense for them to, you know, hang out. Um, let's see here. So how can I get views? Okay, we did that one already. 
looking for those cues. Really quick here, uh, Ron's trains and things. Super chat. What's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Thank you for the super chat. It says, I'm um, still learning shorts. Yesterday, I uploaded a short, got 3,000 impressions and 2.5 views in the first hour. Then impressions went flat and views followed. Any ideas why? So it could be that you just exhausted the people that the system thought was okay um, for it at that point in time um, to where, you know, like basically that first, uh, you know, 2.5 thousand views, people came in, they might've enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, once it got tested against, you know, a different, uh, you know, group of people, then maybe they didn't enjoy it as much and it went flat. What you're dealing with seems to be a really common issue with YouTube shorts. Um, uh, I run into that, everybody I know runs into that. Um, the, uh, all over the internet, you see people running into that to where it's like, it takes off like a rocket and then just like hits a wall. Um, that seems to be a really common thing. Um, so with that, um, one of the, one of the, 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 like, of course, like a YouTube person would be the person to like really answer that question. But, um, the, the thing that, um, you know, based on how the system works that, that, I think it is, is that you get into, you know, just that different, you know, um, group of people that it's testing the content against, and then they start not responding to it as much. And then because of that, because it's not competitive for that particular group, then it just gets deprioritized compared to other content. Um, let's see here. Oh, hey, I like the rain. I'm actually welcoming the rain right now <laughs> because uh, I, I love rainy season um, just because I live in Thailand. So everything's just like really lush and just like, you know, like it's beautiful here during rainy season. I absolutely love it. Um, also where I'm at, we've got like this big mountain. It's actually the whole area is surrounded by mountains. So like um, when it rains, then we get like these clouds coming in and they're kind of mixing with the mountains. It's just gorgeous um, um, at this time of year. Um, also, this year, particularly, we have smoke season, which is where the farmers do a lot of like burning of the crops and stuff. So it got really bad this year in terms of air quality. Um, so we're welcoming this rain right now because it's actually cleaning the air um, as well, which is also, you know, very needed at this moment in time. Um, let's see here. So um, KS, going washers, let's see here. So um, I have a high click-through rate and average view duration. Still can't get impressions anymore. I used to get around 100,000 impressions in a week or so. Now I only get hundreds. Any advice? Um, for that, I would actually need to actually look at your channel for that one. Um, but one thing that I recommend is, um, is definitely going in. Like if you have a high CTR and a high average view duration, um, the next thing to start looking at, like um, if people aren't responding to that, the next, or I mean, if, if like that's not enough, then um, I would definitely go into all of your audience retention reports and make sure that you are looking um, to see how you are comparing of other content of similar length. Um, I would also experiment with your thumbnails as well, because um, if you used to get a lot of impressions, but you're not getting impressions anymore, that could be that the particular videos that you were doing at that period in time, um, if you haven't changed anything, it, this wouldn't be the case, but if you've, if you've changed anything at all in terms of how you present your thumbnails, how you start your content, how you, you know, do any of that, um, then it can have an impact on, you know, how people respond as well. Um, in addition to that, every video that you put out topically, people are going to respond to it differently. Um, so, you know, that can also be, you know, a part of what's going on there. But, um, but what you want to do is you want to, you know, go into your channel and start looking to see what's going on. So for example, look at your CTR, look at your average view duration, look at, you know, how much watch time you are getting, you know, for the people that do come in um, on your, on your videos. Cause like I mentioned before, click through rate by itself is not enough. Like you also have to be able to match that experience, you know, or that expectation that the viewers have. So you have to think of how that click through, you know, translates into watch time. 
But in addition to that, um, go in and also look to see how many people are actually completing your videos, how many new viewers you have coming into the channel, how many returning viewers you have, you know, coming into your channel in each, you know, individual video as well, because those are indicators of like, I'm pushing into a new audience, which, you know, would I could get a lot of impressions in that will help me grow the channel versus I'm um, just interacting mostly with, you know, subscribers on my channel. Um, and that's also like an indicator of, you know, how much people are enjoying your content. Um, also look at your um, in-screen click-through rate. So, you know, when you add the, the in-screen elements to your videos, when people click into those, because it makes sense for them to do so based on however you set that up, um, then that also shows YouTube that people are really enjoying those videos as well. And that can also cause the system because that one video ends up leading to, you know, all that additional watch time. So that can also cause the system to, you know, to show that originating video more, those types of things. So just go in and look for places um, where the new content isn't standing up to what the old content was doing. So I'm not sure if you were here before when I was showing the grouping feature, um, but as part of that grouping feature, you have the comparison tool. So with that comparison, you can start grouping. I mean, you can do this by date range too. So you can say, okay, I wanna compare this period of time against this period of time. And then you can also see like, okay, this is kind of what was happening with the channel at that time, how people were responding at that time compared to how people are responding this time. And that can help you, you know, get a, get a really good idea of kind of what's happening um, at this point in time to where you can say, okay, this is what's happening. Now let me, you know, try to figure out how to fix it. Go outside and save money on showers. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, let's see here. We answered that one already. Mine dropped a ton too. What's your question answered? Okay. How does the, um, community tab get seen as I never see other channel tab posts unless I go to their channel and look for them. So, um, I'm actually surprised. Um, so if you're in the U S then, um, uh, community feed posts get shown in mobile feeds. They get shown on, you know, home pages of YouTube. Um, they get shown, you know, they get recommended to people, um, all over the place. Um, if you're in the U S if you're in other countries, I'm not sure exactly what it is that you're seeing, but if you're in the us you should still be seeing community um community tabs it could also be um uh just as another side note there it could also be that the um like if you're not following you know uh like big channels and stuff like that maybe you're not seeing you know um some of those because maybe you know those would go out to more people because they're interacting with them more and things like that compared to like a smaller channel that might not have much interaction with theirs so then they might get, not get shown as much you know those sorts of things but uh but yeah, with the community tab, um, they they'll they'll show those on home pages, mobile feeds, that kind of stuff. Black Filipina Beth says, is it necessary to reply to comments? I'm introverted and it feels awkward to chat or respond to comments. Um, no, it's not. You don't have to respond to comments. And um, it's actually where comments also do not impact your YouTube video algorithmically. So, you know, because of that, you know, you don't have to respond to your comments at all, but just keep in mind that comments are a part of community building. So, you know, if you do, you know, interact with people, you know, that's a great way to, you know, just, you know, just interact with people, you know, other humans um, that are out there in the world. Um, so, you know, you have that side of things and that can also create a sense of community. Also people, when they see you engaging in, in the comments as a creator, they're also gonna be more likely to engage as, as well. If you plan on doing sponsorships and things like that down the road, um, then in that particular case, one of the things that they're gonna look at is your engagement. Like how active are people on your channel? Not just how many views that you're getting, but with the views that you're getting, how many people are leaving comments on your videos? Like how are people interacting in your community? Um, that's one of the things they're gonna look at. So if you wanna do sponsor deals in the future, you wanna make sure that you are you know, considering you know, that as well. Um, let's see here. Looking for Q. If you have a question, make sure you put a Q um, in front of the question so I can identify that it is for uh, for me.
If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Um, Vince A. So Seawolf, here we'll do yours, um, says, uh, my question is, should I still do long form videos? I've done shorts and just crushed it with shorts. I have 20 years of uh, videos to turn into shorts. Wow. Yeah, um, I mean, you can have just a short form channel, that's fine. Um, but when it comes to like revenue, um, you're likely to make more ad money if you're interested in that. Um, you're more, you're likely to make more ad money on the long form content, depending on the views that you're getting. Um, you have to get a lot more views in YouTube shorts in order to make a similar amount of money for the long form content. So if that's something that you care about, then making the long form content will help you make more money. If you're just trying to get views and grow the channel, then in that case, you can just have a total shorts channel and that's perfectly fine. Like for all of us, even though it's super tempting for all of us, like we don't have to do podcasts. We don't have to do live streams. We don't have to do shorts. We don't have to do long form. Um, we don't have to use our community feed. We don't have to use stories. Like we, you know, we can just pick one thing and say, you know what? I'm just gonna do long form content and just crush it. Or you can say, hey, I'm just gonna do shorts and just and just crush it there. Um, like you can do that. And it's not, or I'm just gonna do live streams, right? Like you can do that sort of thing. And, and it's easy to have that like FOMO and that feeling that you need to do all the stuff. Um, and technically, just to be fair about this, when you do all the stuff, it gives you the opportunity to meet all these different types of viewers that consume content in all these different ways and gives, gives you the opportunity to kind of meet them where they're at and pull them into what it is that you're doing. So there is an advantage to doing that. But on the other side, it's also extremely time consuming um, to do that. So if you're somebody that's like trying to hold down a job and you're trying to hold down like relationships, either, you know, like romantic relationships or, you know, friendships or whatever, but you're trying to hold down, you know, all these other things, plus do your YouTube channel, so you're on like a really limited time that in that particular case, you know, um, it's perfectly fine to just pick one and do that. Um, um, you're still going to have that FOMO and that constant feeling of, oh, should I do this too? But at the end of the day, um, you know, if you have time for one thing, then just focus on that one thing and just try to do it as good as you possibly can. Um, Vince A says, um, if I were to use a freelance artist to enhance my current logo, make it animated and possibly make a banner, um, do I have to worry about them copywriting my logo? No, you don't. So, I mean, technically, um, you could trademark your logo if you wanted to, um, um, you know, that, you know, you could do that, um, if you, if you really wanted to, but, um, but I wouldn't do that, especially like yet, um, if you were trying to build like a different type of brand, that might be something, you know, to, to think about, but like, if you're just starting the YouTube channel, um, I'm actually going to, uh, oh, no, that'd be too far to get to on YouTube. Um, um, but yeah, if you, I'm not sure where you're at in your journey, but if you're just starting your channel then in that particular case, um, you know, I wouldn't worry about that right now. But if you do start picking up steam and you're like, yeah, this is a really unique name um, and I'm going to roll with that unique name and I'm going to, you know, trademark this logo. Um, then in that case, you know, that's, that's, that it makes more sense to do it. Then once you start gaining some momentum and you know, for a fact, like, yeah, I'm going to be doing this for a while and I'm going to get, you know, known as part of this brand um, or this brand is going to be the thing. That's where you start thinking of, you know, those types of things. Um, let's see here. Do you have a stream deck and what size is it? Do you feel you need to upgrade the more you do? Uh, that's an interesting question. So yes, I have a stream deck. It's right here. Um, it's a little bit out of, uh, out of frame, but it's right here. It's a small one. Um, I have the, I have the, this has, uh, um, it's, it's not the super small one. This is the one in the middle. That's not the XL, um, on, I'm not sure if you can see it here. Let me, oh, you know what? That might help you see this. Yeah. Here's the, here's the one that I have for here. Um, and then for 
Can you see the one back here? Yeah, you might be able to see it here in this shot, but it's like right around here. Um, I have one of the ones, I think it's got like six buttons on it. I have that one for my, that's my work machine. This is my content machine. Um, so I have that one for um, that. And then at the live studio where I stream with D, um, on that one, we have the XL. So yeah, we got a handful of them. Um, should I continue my let's plays even though I don't get that much feedback? If you enjoy them and if you are, okay, first, this is a really good question. Okay, so first, when it comes to, and if you're just joining, it's just a heads up, we're talking about YouTube and all things related to, you know, content. I'm answering comments out of the, um, or answering questions out of the comment section. So if you have a comment, just make sure you put a cue in front of your um, comment so I can know that, you know, so I can know that the question is for me and not a conversation that you're having in the chat. And I'm just trying to get through as many as I can here, um, you know, during the stream. But um, for, let me scroll back up to that question. Okay, continuing your Let's Plays, even though you don't get that much feedback. So when it comes to um, putting out any content on YouTube, um, especially when you're getting started and you're still in that very first part of the of the learning curve um you know it can seem like you're putting in a substantial not seem like you can put in a substantial amount of work and not see a lot of results from that work um however it's the people that see through that part of it that will continue on to end up doing you know to end up having like you know good channels and stuff if they are paying attention to what's happening and they're constantly trying to improve, they're trying to get their skill sets better, working on making better thumbnails and titles and a better viewer experience and all that stuff. Like if you're constantly working on that stuff and trying to make it better and better, um, then over time you'll be fine. But but what happens is a lot of people will quit and they'll just stop doing it because it's not getting the results that they want as fast as they want. And instead of saying like, okay, I just have more to learn, they just walk away, right? They'll blame YouTube or something and they'll walk away. So if you enjoy doing the Let's Plays, and you also enjoy YouTube and uploading to YouTube, then in that particular case, um, I would see it through and I would keep going um, because it's it's really easy to get discouraged with this type of stuff. Because again, like you have to front load all of that work to see the reward, you know, on the back end of it, just like going to like college or something, right? You put all that time into going to school for four years and then you get out and hopefully, you know, you can find a, a good job, you know, using, uh, you know, your degree in some way. Um, you know, YouTube's in a similar thing to where, you know, if you can go through that learning curve and you can, you know, put all of that effort into developing the skills necessary, you're working on your, you know, presentation, you're working on, you know, how you're communicating in your videos, how you're grabbing people's attention through your packaging. Um, in terms of thumbnail and title, you're working on every aspect of, you know, what it is to be as a, as a YouTube content creator. Um, then in that particular case, you, you'll end up okay. But, um, um, but, you know, you could be one video away from, you know, everything changing for you, or you could be, you know, 20 videos or a hundred videos away from everything changing for you. But if you enjoy it, that's a, that's a big part of the picture because if you enjoy it and you're like, you know what? Um, even though things aren't going the way that I would like them to go right now, I'm not getting that much feedback, but I really dig doing this. Then in that case, like keep doing it. But if you're like, uh, you know what, this is kind of like not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm not getting that much feedback and all that, then, you know, there's no obligation to continue doing the thing either. So, you know, just figuring out, you know, for you and what you're you know comfortable with and what you're trying to do, um, in terms of what you're trying to accomplish with your channel, I would get clear on that stuff first. And then from there, um, you know, then make that call if you want to keep rolling. Um, let's see here. How do you feel about premieres? 
Um, so this is a really good question. So when it comes to premieres on YouTube, I think premieres are great. Um, however, um, I think premieres should only be used when you are premiering something that is premiere worthy. So if you use it all the time, it becomes less impactful than if you are like, you know, you hype it up, hey, I got this video coming, got this thing coming that I'm doing, you guys are really gonna love this, blah, blah, blah. And then you drop the premiere, then it's like, oh, this is what they've been talking about, super exciting, like excited to see it. But then if you're doing that with like every video that you publish, then it becomes, you know, not exciting anymore, right? Of course, you can use that as a way to, you know, interact with people when you first publish a video and stuff like that, which is okay. But um, but at the end of the day, just being like, hey, uh, you know, I'm only putting out videos here, like, hey, I'm starting this new series and I'm building up this new series over the next like 30 days. I'm just gonna talk about it here and there, let people know it's coming, maybe put some teasers in my community feed, maybe make some stories if you have stories on your channel, um, then, you know, that I'm gonna, you know, use those things and then um, just kind of build up some hype to it and then drop the premiere and to start the series. And then from there, for the rest of the videos in that series, then you would just drop them as normal. Those types of things is how you wanna think about the premieres. Um, let's see here. Do you use Google Classroom for YouTube class? No. Um, I don't use Google Classroom for anything. Um, I've actually considered um, uh, putting together, because I've got like the VR headsets and stuff, I've actually considered putting together just for fun some type of like VR thing to actually teach people about YouTube inside of VR. Um, I just haven't went through that exercise yet um, of just seeing everything that's involved, but I thought that would be just like a fun idea. But I, I, did, a, I did a poll on my community post um, quite a while back. Um, I would need to do another one. But um, in that particular poll, there wasn't a ton of people that, um, that were using VR that are watching my videos. But for the ones that do, uh, it would be a pretty cool experience for them. Um, speaking of with this guy says, um, which do you like answering questions and researching more long form, um, live streams or shorts? So um, for, Huh, that's a good question. I, I would say long form content in general. So that'd be like live streams and video content. Like um, I like shorts, I watch shorts, um, I make some shorts, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but like when it comes to uh, when it comes to shorts, they're not like shorts aren't something to where I get like, you know, excited about. Um, when it comes to videos, live streaming, I get excited about those things, but not so much about shorts. Actually, let me say that. So I did do some shorts um, that um, where I was like talking to myself, those were fun. I did get excited for those. Um, uh, but the other rest of the shorts, um, I'm doing them because I'm like, okay, let me just get some shorts out here so I can just kind of see how people respond to them and things like that. Not necessarily like a, like, Hey, I'm super pumped to make some shorts. Um, that's just, it's just not my, I don't enjoy making them as much as I enjoy making like longer videos and live streaming. Um, let's see here. Just wanted to say thank you. Um, so very much for the music site you created. It's awesome. Yeah, our pleasure. So um, that's that's D, uh, my brother D, and uh, and myself for that. Um, and Creator Mix is uh, is what they are uh, is what they're talking about there. So just a heads up, um, if any of you are you know looking for a free music resource, um, Creator Mix right here. I put it on the screen, CreatorMix.com. Um, we created that for content creators, so you can use that in your videos without having to worry about anything. Um, you can use it in your live streams, you know, all that stuff. So you can check that out at uh, CreatorMix.com. But I'm glad you're enjoying the music. Um, let's see here. Should I continue my let's plays? Looking for those cues. Hey Tish, hope you're doing awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, this is absolutely true. So for those videos that have stalled out, thank you for adding this. So for those videos that have stalled out for everybody, um, so, um, you know, when your shorts do stall out like that or your videos stall out, um, just keep in mind that, that doesn't mean that they're stalled forever. It just means that, you know, at this moment in time, you know, they're just not getting a lot of activity. Super chat. 
sick shop. Thank you for the super chat. Says, um, how do you approach coming back when you've taken a break? Took a break on purpose to come up with new ideas. Thanks. So this is a great question. I'm um, I'm actually doing this myself. So if you've noticed on my channel for the past like couple months, I've been just kind of focused more on live streaming, see what I could do with live streams in terms of like channel sustainability and all that. Even though like um, the news thing has done well, you know, by itself, um, the way that I'm currently doing the live streams and structuring everything, it's just not, you know, enough for the channel. So, you know, since I've been doing that, my channel's just going like this. So because of that, I'm in that process also of like, okay, you know, getting back into the video thing. But to be fair, I've also needed the rest. Um, also, I've had, um, I found out that I'm like deficient in like all these different vitamins and stuff and, you know, things like that, which have been taking a hit on my energy, not, not an excuse per se. Um, but you know, now that I'm fixing all that, I'm actually starting to like feel better mentally and all this other stuff as well. So I've had my own stuff behind the scenes I'm dealing with too. Um, but when it comes to, um, taking a break, um, you know, the thing to do is basically just plan out, you know, the next stack of videos that you're going to be making, thinking about how they interlink together, um, in terms of, you know, where you're going to, what videos are going to be linking to what, and what would make sense for people to watch next after they watch the other video, um, coming up with a few different um, pillars of content for your channel. So you can make sure that, you know, you're serving people either on one strong one or on like a few different, um, you know, pillars of content that you put on your channel for, you know, specific reasons for your, uh, you know, content strategy um, and, uh, and then going for it from there. And then just, you know, making sure that you say, Okay, if I'm coming back to this, then I'm actually going to come back and I'm going to, you know, ensure that I publish a video come hell or high water, that I publish a video on, you know, these days, uh, you know, out of the month um, and just make it happen. Um, and then from there, you don't have to make an announcement. You don't have to make a special video saying, hey, you know, this is what we're going to be doing. Like, you don't have to do any of that. Just like come in and start, you know, giving people the content that they come to your channel for um, and just rinse and repeat uh, that. But one thing that you can do um, that can be helpful is if you go into your analytics, you go into the quick view. Um, so basically you just go into your creator studio, you click on analytics, that first page that they show that gives you like a snapshot of everything that's happening. I just punched myself in the face of everything that's happening um, on your channel in your analytics. If you scroll down, then you're gonna see the videos that are still bringing traffic into the channel um, over the last whatever date range you set, but the default there's 28 days. So if you look at those videos, those are the videos that the people that have recently interacted with your channel, those are the videos that they're watching the most. So thinking of, okay, if I'm going to start coming back at this after I've taken this long break, then I'm going to use that information to make sure that the next videos that I'm making on the channel would be logical for the people that have interacted with those other videos that are bringing in the most viewership to end up watching next. So for example, if you go in there, I'm going to go look at your channel, see what you're making here real quick. So if you go into your analytics and you see that, uh, Let's see here. What is this? Oh, I told you in a state and amazing rings of power season two. Okay. So it looks like you're doing like shows. Um, let's see here. I'm not sure actually what, what you're doing here. Um, okay. So you're doing Tolkien stuff. I'm not familiar with, uh, with that. Okay. You got magic, the gathering on here, super hero movies. Okay. So basically let's say that you go in and you find that people are coming in, um, mostly for like this, uh, rings of power series, right? Then in that particular case, making the next videos that you publish on the channel be something that the people that are interacting with that content would be likely to enjoy um, would be the move. That's the, that's the thing that I'm trying to, uh, trying to explain. 
Um, let's see here. So I feel like very specific niches don't do well in shorts versus niches that are just general entertainment. Is that true? Totally. So like if, um, you know, if you have something very, very specific, um, that, you know, not a lot of people are interested in, then it's not going to do as well as something that like anybody could watch. Right. So for example, like if you published a YouTube short and my mom could watch that short, I could watch that short. Your mom could watch that short. Um, all of your friends could watch that short and everybody could just sit around and laugh about it because they would think it was hilarious. Then in that case, that's going to have much more potential than a video about, uh, you know, uh, a video about, you know, why you should buy this flashlight. Right. Um, even that, you know, it's probably a little bit wide, um, in terms of audience, but like, uh, you know, something very specific, like, you know, even that's a little bit wide. I don't know. Like, you know, your review of a coffee cup, which is also still kind of wide. <laughs> I'll find something, but anyway, you get the idea. So like, if you go for something that, you know, is, um, uh, just a little bit more, you know, niche down then in that particular case, it, it just won't have that same reach as something that literally anybody could watch and, and, and enjoy. Um, let's see here. Looking for cues, looking for cues, looking for cues. So if you're just joining us, um, if you have a question, just make sure you put a cue. Um, and that's how I identify the um, question is for me. No question is saying, thank you. Your advice really helps uh, when I get frustrated with the system. Yeah, my pleasure. And, you know, that's part of the thing, you know, like, like I, I teach people, you know, about YouTube, but I also, you know, try like, and I'm sure you hear it in these live streams too. I also try to like, you know, just kind of, you know, give people, you know, the information that they need to, to understand that, like, you know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes, you know, um, you know, there's, Sometimes things aren't perfect, but if you keep going, you keep learning, you know, keep developing the skill sets that, you know, that it ends up working out. Um, but like, uh, you know, but it, but it can definitely be tough sometimes. Um, let's see here. How can my shorts go from getting tens of thousands of views? Now I'm hardly getting any at all. My retention and engagement is always great. So even though your retention and engagement is always great, you are competing with everything else that the people that are that YouTube is putting your content in front of. They're also putting to they're putting a whole other group of videos in front of them based on all the different things that those people are interested in. So your videos are not just competing with your videos or even just the videos in your niche. They're competing with everything that the system thinks that the particular viewers that you're trying to reach um, that they are likely to engage with. And even though your retention and engagement is great, um, it might not be as great as all the different content that you are uh, competing with. It's unfortunate, but that, that's just how the uh, shot works. Um, let's see here. Looking for cues, looking for cues. Clicked on Chantel's here. Click on Doug's too, because they got cues. <laughs> Seawolf um, says, should I reach out for sponsorships? Say for instance, um, Smokers Barbecues. I'm an avid hunter, mostly underwater, or do they contact me? You can do both ways. So if you're like really um, aggressive or if you have like sales experience or, you know, cold call experience, anything like that, um, reaching out, um, you know, if you don't do anything, then you're relying on them noticing your YouTube channel or them happening to find your YouTube channel in some way, um, which can can work, right? Right? Like for example, if I open up my email right now, I've got a bunch of emails in there of people, you know, trying to you know work with me and you know sponsor content, um, you know. So like it's at the point now to where you know like I show up in searches and you know I get recommended you know um, in front of people and stuff like that. So because of that, you know, my email stays full of people, you know, um, you know, offering me stuff. But if you're just starting on that process, if you wait, then, you know, it might come, 
But if you are aggressive and you're like, you know, hey, I'm gonna hit up all these different companies, I'm gonna connect with them on LinkedIn, I'm going to send them emails, I'm gonna put together a media kit, I'm going to put out like videos for them um, that aren't even sponsored, but I'm gonna tag them and let them know, you know, the type of content um, that I can basically produce highlighting their stuff. And I'm going to just tag them in it so they can see it. Um, and I'm gonna share those on Twitter where they're tagged. I'm gonna share it on LinkedIn and tag their, you know, company there. Um, those sorts of things to kind of get on their radar. You can do that. Um, but when you are aggressively reaching out, of course, you're increasing your chances of luck in that case, right? They always say, you know, the harder you work, the more lucky you get. So if you just wait, then, you know, the likelihood of somebody coming across you is there. But if you are reaching out, right? Every barbecue company that you know, you're just like, hey, you know what's going on? Every rub company for all the different rubs you put on barbecue, all the different tools, all the different grills, all that stuff. If you're reaching out to everybody, then in that particular case, everybody is going to know that you're making YouTube videos about that thing. And even if they don't work with you now, you're at least on their radar. So you're probably going to be on some list somewhere to where if they do do any type of influence or marketing, they'll at least go and check out your channel, see how things are going at that point in time or whatever. But if you aren't on their radar, then in that case, they might not ever reach out to you, right? But if you're like, you know, hey, yeah, I'm here. So if you, you know, ever wanna work together, just let me know. Then in that case, you know, you're increasing your chances of, you know, getting those deals. Um, let's see here. Um, okay, East Coast Animal says, my um, daughter's starting a cooking channel. How often should she post? So um, I'm not sure how busy she is or, you know, what her lifestyle looks like. Um, but if she has time, you know, have her post on a regular basis, you know, with, with YouTube, um, she can post one video a week and do awesome as long as people respond well to that video. She could post once a month and do awesome as long as people respond well to that video. Or she could publish daily and like not do good at all if people don't respond to her videos. So it's really going to come down to, you know, how you know, what you guys are trying to accomplish with the channel. Um, and it's going to come down to, you know, how people respond to her videos and how, you know, how much, you know, activity you want on the channel. So for example, like if you find that you publish once a week and you get, you know, a thousand views per video, then in that particular case, if you want, you know, 5,000 views per video, then you have to either learn how to make the videos better or you got to publish or not the 5,000 views per video, but 5,000 views, you know, per week um, of new content. Then in that particular case, then, you know, you would have to make, you know, five videos in order to match that if you're getting, a, you know, a thousand views per video. So, you know, those types of things are just things that you have to consider. But since it is your daughter, I'm going to guess that she's probably in school or something. So if that's the case, then making sure that like, you know, she has enough time to do that, plus all the other, you know, requirements that she has, you know, in her life where she's at right now, um, to where she's not overwhelmed and all that stuff, just once a week would probably be fine. Um, let's see here. What are the secrets to grow my channel with already a thousand subs to 10,000 subs? The secret um, to growing a YouTube channel or taking it to that level is just learning to understand your audience better. So understanding what it is that they want from you and understanding how you can give that to them in the best way possible. And then from there, learning how to get them to click based on the things that they care about and getting them to enjoy your content based on, you know, whatever got you to a thousand, you have data behind your channel now that lets you know, you know, the things that people do and do not respond to on your channel. You have videos that have audience retention reports attached 
attached to them that let you know things that you're doing in your video that are causing people to leave. So you can go in and look at all that information and then you can start patching it all up so you can create a better experience for people. And as you start doing all of those things, learning how to make better thumbnails, titles, um, also how to work within your niche, but while you're in your niche, also going broad within your niche, um, you know, learning how to do those types of things um, is how you, you know, will jump from a thousand to 10,000. Also, you know, trends, you know, if you have, um, you know, the type of content that you make, um, if it is something to where there are ever trends around that type of content, um, you know, then in that particular case, hopping on trends or hopping on popular trends already, if you can find a way to blend those popular trends into what it is that you're doing, that's also like a, a hack, so to speak, in order to, you know, um, to, to get your videos in front of people that, you know, care about, you know, those, those, you know, celebrities or those, you know, events or whatever it is that's happening. So for example, like let's say like the Golden Globes are are are, are happening. Um that's that's probably a bad example. Never mind. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say that one. Um okay, so next up, um we've got uh quick uh three quick tips to starting a vlogging/storytelling slash channel in 2023. Starting another channel traveling across the USA in a motorhome with my cat. Um okay, so the uh I love the cat emoji, by the way. Ria, I think is the uh, is how you say that for the name. So Ria, if you're listening, hope you're doing awesome. So <laughs> So number one is make sure that, especially since you're doing traveling content, that you make it, that you package it for them. Um, so basically when you are vlogging and storytelling, even though it's going to be about you, find a way to make it about them, right? Find a way to make it about the viewer. So you're gonna have all the elements of you inside of it anyway, so they can still connect to you. But in terms of, you know, getting them to click on it and, and the actual value that's going to be delivered, make all of that about them. Um, so that when they are, you know, interacting with it, it's clear that it's being made, you know, for them. Um, in addition to that, um, since you are just getting started um, with your vlog, um, in that particular case, I would also, if you're gonna be traveling around, um, I would strategically go after um, very specific landmarks and I would make some content around those landmarks for the sake of getting that content to show up in YouTube search. Um, and I would optimize it for search as well, just to get some, you know, first bits of data into YouTube, depending on, you know, how your recommendations are working out. Um, but if you do find that you're falling short in recommendations then making some search targeted content to initially get the right people going into your content would definitely be something that I would do. Um, and then from there, let's see your number three, um, would be definitely work on, um, telling stories, right? If you're doing vlogging and storytelling, um, you know, make sure that you are continually trying to, you know, learn how to better, uh, tell better stories and show people more than you are just telling them. Um, you know, that's a big part of that is like when you are doing, you know, that type of content, you know, it's not just like I'm walking around talking the whole time. It's like I'm walking around talking, sure, but I'm actually like showing them stuff, right, in the um, in the process. So I'm not just telling them the story. I'm actually showing them the story, um, you know, as it all unfolds. Um, do you know how the monetization scales work? How do you know if your channel will be on the higher end or the lower end of monetization when I reach um, a thousand subs? If you mean in terms of like your CPMs, um, that comes down to or your channel RPM, whatever. Um, with those, basically what you have to um, consider is where your viewers are watching from, the content type that you make, and um, the ad inventory. So like, for example, if, um, if you are reaching people in like a low tier advertising country, then in that particular case, um, you know, they don't charge a lot of money for ads there, which means that you don't have a, a larger percentage to get a cut of. So because of that, you end up making a lot less. So for example, I have friends here in Thailand that, that still do great. Like they have like multi-million, you know, subscriber channels and stuff. 
but they still make tons of money, but they would make like five X the money that they're making now. Um, if they were, if they were in front of a U.S. A primarily U.S. or Western, um, audience and by Western, I mean like U.S., Canada, like UK, like that whole thing. If they're in front of, you know, like that group of people, they would be making like, you know, at least five X the money than they're making, you know, right now with the content that they are because they're reaching like the only people that are consuming their content are people that are here um, in Thailand with the occasion, the occasional straggler, you know, ties that end up living, you know, in other places in the world. Um, so because of that, um, you know, that is going to be like the biggest impact. And then the second thing, of course, is going to be the, um, the actual topics of your videos um, and what it is that the whole, you know, that the whole thing's about. Um, and then of course, Adam, inventory. So basically as the year comes to an end and we start going around like holidays and stuff like that, then you'll see, you know, ad rates and all that stuff increases because there's more people advertising on YouTube. So because of that, they're competing for different, you know, keywords and stuff. But if you are, um, 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 publishing like right after the holidays, then in that particular case, you know, a lot of, you know, companies have blown their marketing budgets. So because of that, they kind of pull back, you know, at the beginning of the year, um, in some niches. So there's that too. Uh, Simolic says, should I continue my let's plays? Oh, no, we did that one already. Um, so, uh, Maria Nicole style. Hey, Maria, I hope that you're on fantastic. It's been a while says, um, I had two videos, crush it, got over 12,000 subs, but very few return to watch more despite similar topics. Why? Um, it's possible that, that they would have came in, but maybe you just weren't able to get them to click on, you know, on your content. Um, it's also possible that people came in and they really enjoyed that particular video, but for whatever reason, they're just not into it enough to, you know, like, to come back and just watch like a bunch of videos. Um, I'm not sure topically what they are, but um, but if you look at the topics, that will probably give you a good idea of why you know they didn't come back and watch more uh, watch more videos. Um, watch more despite similar topics. Yeah. Well, you said similar topics. Um, so yeah. So in that particular case, maybe you just weren't able to get them to um, to get the subscribers, right? The people that subscribe, maybe you weren't able to get them to click um, compared to new people, possibly. Um, let's see here. So I've seen the laziest person in the world push out daily videos, but they are monetized and unemployable. So yeah, that's the thing, you know, like, um, it, it's amazing what YouTube is doing for people, you know, like, um, in terms of like income and stuff. So, you know, like when it comes to like passion, passion can make people work even if they're lazy, right? So it's like lazy people will trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. So like lazy people will do things to help them be more lazy. So in that particular case, um, you know, like that's where like hiring people and stuff like that is great because then you can hire people to do some stuff and then that's like less that you have to do. So there's that. Um, in addition to that, um, lazy people can also do the things that they're interested in, but then just be lazy on everything else. So, you know, like for example, I have to be really careful when I come into this room because, you know, when I come in here, in addition to, you know, all the, you know, YouTube stuff, I've got like a music area over there and my brain when I walk in the room is like, ah, all, all this stuff can wait. Let's go, let's go play with that stuff. Right. Cause that's like playtime. So because of that, um, you know, I have to be really careful there in terms of like making sure that I do this stuff instead of just spending all day over there. So in that particular case, that lazy person, YouTube could be to them what the music stuff is to me. <laughs> and they could be like, hey, this is great. I just love doing this. And they're just doing it because they love it, even though they're, you know, 
they're lazy in you know other uh, other areas could be that i don't know um, um but but along that lines you know in terms of being unemployable i'm also unemployable and it's not that it's not because of work ethic or anything like that because i'll you know I'll, I'll work you know uh you know I'll, I'll outwork a lot of people but the uh uh, I'm unemployable because I am not a fan of authority. I'm not a fan of being told like what to do in any capacity. Um, I like to control my own, you know, fate when I can, you know, those types of things. Um, so because of that, you know, that makes me um, unemployable as well. So on that note, um, I do want to let everybody know my brother um, D and Daniel Batal are live streaming right now on the StreamYard channel. Um, they are doing free channel reviews. So as soon as I end the stream, it's going to just dump you right over into their stream. So if you want to get a channel review or if you just want to hang out, like their show is so entertaining. Um, so here I just sit here and I just answer questions back to back. They actually have like a show, like they put this together, super fun to watch, um, but they also pull up YouTube channels and they'll give you tips on your channel. So um, I recommend that you go hang out um, over over there, you'll, you'll have a really good time and, and you'll learn a lot too because they pull channels up on screen and they give tips based on what it is that they're seeing. But um, before I send you over there though, I just want to tell you if you are a new content creator and like, you know, you are just getting started with this stuff, there's a lot of things to learn, but keep in mind that it is just a learning process. It's a learning curve that you go through just like anything else that you're gonna do. So hang in there, um, make sure that you do find something like out of all the stuff that we talked out about today, make sure you pick like a thing or two and you focus on trying to, you know, work on that and learn that better. So for example, how we did the screen share and showing the grouping feature, um, like in that particular case, go in and look at that and find it on your YouTube channel start grouping together some you know videos based on the different content that you're putting out and start trying to figure out how to use that particular feature so that you can you know kind of advance yourself you know as you go into the future you know with your channel so you like learning how to you know do that kind of thing just you know kind of you know step one foot in front of the other um, and you'll be fine just uh, just make sure that you just focus the most on understanding your audience and serving them and skill development because those two things will get you further than than anything else um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to YouTube. So thank you everybody so much for hanging out. Um, I will see you next Saturday, of course, at 9 a.m. Eastern and um, have a great rest of your weekend and I will see you next time.